Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everyone out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. I am your host with the most, Papa Spice. I am joined by two of my very best buds, Hans and Harry, and we like to discuss and dissect all things pop culture, but especially TV and movies. Whew. With all that out of the way, Hans, how are we tonight? Doing good. We are, uh, me and the wifey are still waiting for uh, <laughs> baby number two to come. Um, so mm. as of the next time we record, I will have some, uh, another little one running around the house uh, outside next to our four-year-old. So oh, they, they come out ready. running? I didn't, I didn't They come out running, that. they do. They're quick. They're like cheetahs. They're just I like believe, cheetahs. I believe um, the... The one word that pops to mind is noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're, yeah, we're good just, you. you know, we're trying to get the, hopefully everything goes good, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll know very soon if it's a, a little boy, or a little girl. Oh, how exciting. Uh, did not find out again with this one. Financially yeah. would have made sense to, to, you know, if it's a boy that we don't have to buy anything new, but stuff's expensive right. nowadays. We should just say. So one. what do you just, do? are you, are you doing neutral colors for now? Like brown and gray? Yeah, yeah, black. The room's black, um, and then brown everywhere. <laughs> black and brown, um, nice. And all the clothes, the are just, yeah. But all the clothes are just white. It's just like like t-shirts. They look like um, Ryan Atwood from the OC. So throw nice. that out. And nice. Harry right now because he's wearing a white t-shirt. So yeah, I just need to get the the wife uh, the wife beater <laughs> on, and I'll be good. Yeah, you're good. And then when the baby comes out, you can just like throw paint on whatever clothes. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a, like one of those gender reveal things. Like instead of finding out beforehand where you do like the pink or blue smoke or whatever, when the baby comes yeah. out, then you throw the paint on them. And, yeah. Oh wow! And I've like I found well, in my not house on my house, the baby. Yeah, no, you do. I have older. I have an okay. older house, so we found lead paint from. Um, yeah. So we can, nice. we can use that as well. Throw it's that. Actually, in. You know, it's great it's how when you Chris mix came in the world. So he's used to it. When you mix yeah. in, you got to mix in some tradition. asbestos for the crunchies. Oh, it's so uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. It's right on the, the baby. Crunchies. Yes. This is a horrible. I'm sorry. I, I don't need to be reported to um the DHS or anything. So anyone yeah. listening, please, I'm not I'm not a a psycho father. Yeah, finish I'm listening not. to the episode, then call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll see you'll see my heart's in the right place. Uh well, we are excited for you. That is fantastic news. Yes. Thank you. Harry, how are you doing, man? Anything new? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Um, uh, similarly, in line with uh, with hands, uh, I just announced that I will be uh, having a child uh, in April. So, yes. um, yeah, baby, that fever is amazing. Around here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's cool and all, but uh, you know, I just bought my tickets to the film festival as well. Most important uh, part. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, now we're all very we're all very excited over here. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's something to look forward to. Uh, I get to live the the Papa and Hands life soon. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, I apologize if in future episodes my uh, my my theater going uh, goes down a notch, but you know we'll try to stay strong here uh and and try to get out as much as we can uh the wife knows how important it is to me but um yeah i I simply won't allow that to happen thank you i appreciate (laughs) you i appreciate you um yeah but the uh the philadelphia film festival just put their tickets out i i have bought 18 movies um which is a lot over a 10-day span 
Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully I get to knock them all out of the park, but um, it's tough seeing three movies in one day. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Phillies just won tonight. So, uh, moving on to game four, by the time you guys hear this, I guess you'll know more than us on uh, what happened in game four. Uh, but they're up two one in the series. Yeah, it's just, it's a great, great time to be alive all the way around. So, uh, and I'm excited. Well, I don't know how excited I am for our talk tonight. Um, you know, we're, re- we're revisiting, uh, a, not my favorite genre. So, um, I don't know how this happened, but uh, here we are. So, not my favorite genre. <laughs> genre. Uh, genre. Well, Gene I night. think it's a beautiful night, and uh, oh, this is I perfect. Greg weather to share too. By too. The way. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I am one done, my guy. Y'all can have right. him. <laughs> Y'all can have. Him. Yeah, oh, got him. <laughs> Stay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no news on this end, other than. Me just enjoying just, just my, happy my for your life, friends. just happy yeah, for vibing your friends. and being happy for friends. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, nothing, nothing too crazy going on. But hey, you know what? It's October. We didn't do our usual weather talk, but boy, there's a chill in the air. I absolutely love it. This is my weather. This is top of mm. weather right here. This is where Greg, so. Greg thrives. Absolutely, <laughs> I don't just survive. I thrive. <laughs> uh all right well with intros out of the way i think y'all know what time it is here he is it's time it's time for our roving reporter our man on the street one mr christopher hanratty coming at you all the hottest news all the craziest takes everything hollywood's got to offer this guy never gives it less than 110 percent it is Handwriting moving reporter. Gotcha. We, we, we breezed through introductions. I was not ready for to have oh, no. my notes up, but I'm good good to go now. That's, I'm again that's not very roving reporter. I'm just, I'm, no. I'm, 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 I'm just continuing to just knock it out of the park with this reporter yeah. stuff. I mean at this point you Emmy think award I would have winning. Emmy award winning. Yes, yes. I know. Soon. Doing my best. I'm gonna Eventually. vote for you when the Pulitzers <laughs> come around. Yeah, I'll get that Jim Gardner, uh, that Jim Gardner money soon. It just, it just takes time. So, all right. Uh, so box office stuff from last weekend. Uh, so we are a little bit of an off weekend. So by the time you listen to this uh, and you hear this, if it doesn't match up with the current weekend that we're on, uh, apologies. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll tweet it out and let you know what the box office is or you just Google it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll uh, – I'll leave that to you. But for the weekend of October 6th through 8th, Exorcist Believer was number one with $26.5 million. Uh, Paul Patrol uh, bringing in bringing in that – holding that number two spot with 11.3. Paul Patrol, the, the mighty movie. And then uh, Saul 3 was in third place, the creator in fourth. And Hold on. Our, Saw 10. Saw 10. What this I was saying? not a Saw, Saw 3 re-release. Oh, Saw X. I, sorry. I don't understand Roman numerals either. Uh, sorry. I saw an X. I was like, what's this movie? Socks? Um, Socks. <laughs> um, so, excuse me there. Saw 10. Thank you, Greg. And the creator was a fourth with 6.2. And our favorite movie on this podcast, The Blind, which is uh, came in at fifth place with 3.2. I still don't think uh, I've looked that up. Dollars. I don't think any of us know what this is. Uh, so... But it's it's again in the top five. I think it I think it was number four or five last week, but yeah. It was one of those fathom events. Probably an opera. Um yeah, so um I know we talked about Paul Patrol and Saul Saul X, Saul Ten, whatever the kids are calling it nowadays, but um the big one on there is is Exorcist Believer. Uh 
you know, in 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 our uh, talks a little bit, we're going to talk about some spooky movies. But uh, I know you gentlemen have both seen Exorcist Believer, and I'll see what you guys thought about it. Uh, does it hold up to? I don't know. I know some of the reviews were coming out pretty pretty rough for it, um, but uh, I'm not even. I only know one person in it, and and it's the guy from Hamilton. So um, that's actually what it says on the title card is on, on the yeah. cast is the guy from Aaron Hamilton. Burr from Hamilton. Uh, so, might yeah. say Leslie Odom Jr., but yeah, I hear you. And he was in that that uh, Aaron Burr commercial for milk. So that's uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s resume for me. They uh, they don't Aaron call you Burr related. <laughs> they don't call you the best for nothing, hands. Let me tell you. Um, I love so, Hamilton. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. um yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think I'll, of uh, Exorcist? Listen, the Exorcist. As the as the non horror expert of the group, um this uh this stunk. Um this wasn't <laughs> great at all. Uh wasn't well acted, wasn't fun, uh wasn't super spooky. Uh heavy on religious themes, which uh I'm not huge on. Um a lot of that stuff goes over my head, um, to be honest with you. Um, I gave it two out of five stars. Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, I would say the general vibe coming out of the theater from the group, uh, was a little disappointed. Um, you know, we, we also have, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, as we've talked box office, the nun two, um, and a couple other, uh, horror movies that, uh, the Saul, 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 what is it? Saul, Saul three, Saul four, socks, socks, um, Saul X. Uh, which was well received. Uh, none too, I'd say, was probably middling to you know. Hey, you know, you, you're in good hands. Uh, and I thought it was fine. Um, but Pop, I'll throw it to you um, as the man who turned to me before uh, we went to the movie and said, "The Exorcist. It's one of the greatest movies ever. It's one of my favorites." And uh, yeah, talk to me. Did I say that? Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, that is true. I don't remember saying it, but it is absolutely true. I think I was getting uh, like cold feet and like, you know, being like, dudes, I don't want to see this. This is going to stink. And you guys were like, listen, <sighs> try You were maybe more trying to hype me up as opposed to speaking to the movie. So, but I'll yeah, let you go. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably it. Look, so I am a huge Exorcist fan. If we go all the way back to our last Fave 5 horror movie episode. I had two entries in my Fave 5, Exorcist and Exorcist 3. Um, I was a little trepidatious when I saw the first trailer for this. And then I saw the second trailer and I warmed up a little more. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just go in, try, you know, try and check my preconceived notions at the door. And uh, we we did get an inkling of the reviews before we went in, too, which, you know, I don't. Yeah. That doesn't always help. But no, it didn't. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say if you catch me on a good day, I would say this is mid this movie. Um, any other day. It, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just uh, there's a few things in there that they do. OK, uh, but I don't think there was anything amazing. Certainly nothing that lives up to the exorcist name. Um, this was better off just not being made. And um, William Friedkin, RIP, uh, had an amazing quote. Did you guys see that or did I send that in a group yeah, chat? Yeah, and I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not, but it sounded very much, I think you said, like him. So uh, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was truthful. Yeah, William Friedkin, the director of the original Exorcist. Um, I mean, you know, he has since passed, so he was unable to see this, but he was aware at the time it was being made, uh, and I believe someone asked him about it, and uh, he basically said, "If I die, I'm going to haunt David Gordon Green, the director of Believer, uh, because sorry, of what he's doing to this movie." So, um, and and William Friedkin is a very uh, surly, salty guy. Um, so I totally believe that that's a real quote, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was just disappointing. He, I, I did see that. He seems like um, he's right up there with like Alan Moore in terms of just being an old curmudgeon and just a grumpy, like a grumpy Gus. But uh, I guess this movie was that bad that he would say. I that. wouldn't say. I wouldn't say he's as bad as Alan Moore. Alan Moore is like he just craps on everything, but uh, but he he can be a bit of a curmudgeon. Uh, yeah. William Friedkin, that is. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, I will not see this because I, I don't like uh, big time. I, I'm not big on exorcism movies. Like, does this tie into the original one? That's weird. It does. Because you've been in the room for about four of them. That's so weird. Don't say that. I'm not going to sleep off <laughs> if you say that. It, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a direct sequel to the first one. I would say that it ignores um, most of the other films. I was going to say, did, did they do what Halloween did and uh, – Make instead of making a sequel like a Halloween whatever well through twelve, they just did a Halloween two or three whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. You just reboot and pick and choose what continuity you're gonna follow and stuff. Texas Chainsaw does that. The Highlander films did that. It's, well, I hate Saul when did they it. do that stuff. Saul, I guess, but Saul's con- oh, continuity really? is well. I mean, with Saul X, they put it in between one and two, but I guess that continuity still exists from two on. Right. Yeah, no, like, these other franchises just straight up ignore other films. Yeah. I I was going to say, too, David Gordon Green did do the the Halloween reboot. Halloween. um, The much maligned uh, trilogy of Halloween Kills, Halloween, and Halloween Ends. So, um, mixed bag there for the most part. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that one. No. I did. I went back. I watched it. Oh, no. No, it's all right. I like the Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Oh, spoilers are coming. Kind of. It's tied in. We'll see. All right. <clears throat> cool. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing I have for news. Uh, so it turned out this is actually brand new news that dropped today. Um, How Disney Marvel Studios has actually decided to uh, fire and let go all of their writers and directors for Daredevil Born Again. Um, this was coming off of the, you know, it was paused because of the writer strike in June. Um, but they, um, they just decided to just revamp everything and, and clean house. Um, you know, a lot of this was mainly due to, uh, a lot of the shows were being run by executives like Kevin Feige, which is kind of funny because, um, you know, the shows actually made fun of that, especially with the end of She-Hulk was very, um, self-aware of Kevin Feige and his, his role in the MCU, but now they want to put more power into showrunners hands, which is, I think a lot of it, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out, but I know a lot of people were excited for Daredevil Born Again. Um, from what some of the stories that are coming out about what it was about, um, at least from today, I'm glad they did it. Uh, it sounded like it was going to be a legal drama or a procedural drama. I don't need that. I don't want that. I want mm-hmm. I want 
a blind superhero running around Hell's Kitchen and just beating people up. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him doing, you know, getting justice in a courtroom. That's boring. Um, but it sounded like it was going to be like half and half. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's strange because they got a lot of people back. They got D'Onofrio back. They got Charlie Cox. Um, and to my understanding, John Bernthal was coming back at Punisher. Um, but now I guess this is going to be interesting to see how they address this because if they end up doing that, like will Charlie Cox come back and D'Onofrio, are we going to get that, as I mentioned earlier, that John Travolta kingpin? Um, I don't know. This is a, this is something that it, it kind of, it's, it's probably going to be good for the long run for Marvel movies, but I, I guess a lot of people, you know, Kevin Feige and, and others watched, saw what they had on film and said, nope, we, uh, we just went through secret invasion and we're not going to go through that again. And so decided just to scrap all footage and get rid of it. Uh, it it's kind of, it's very sudden because I, I feel like Daredevil is originally supposed to come out in like two weeks. Uh, I thought it was this year, but uh, you know, with or was it next year? I think next year. It was next year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not coming out at all now. Uh, whether or not you know, if it gets delayed, it's probably not going to come out till like twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six at this point. Um, but what are your thoughts? I know this was originally on on Netflix for the first three seasons. Then they pulled it and then added it. To, I think it's on Disney Plus. Um, yep. If it's not, so it I, should be. I have a whole bunch of thoughts as well as info. Um, first thing that was interesting was this was slated to be 18 episodes, which I was unaware of. That's pretty massive. Yeah. Um, but when the strikes happened, both the writers and the actor strikes, they had only shot um, less than half of the show. So it wasn't like this is... Um, completely destroyed and also supposedly they're gonna rework some of the footage like they're not just canning everything um i think if if the rumors were true about what the show was gonna be i think the overarching plot lines sounded intriguing but yeah like the episode to episode didn't sound as much because to your point hans it, it seemed like like I flat out read there were going to be episodes where Matt Murdock wasn't even in costume. And it's like, uh, no for a daredevil show. Like I need the superhero action too. Um, as far as keeping the actors, it seems like they're, they're definitely doing that. Like, I don't think that's going to change at all. Um, everybody's still locked in. It's just, they're going to reshoot everything or most, most things. Um, to the points about, Marvel Studios and specifically their television stuff. Uh, I am all for um, them blowing something up if they feel it's not working. There definitely needs to be a tighter control on quality because I wouldn't say that the ship is sinking, but the quality has definitely declined from where it was. And also the glut of um, product has not helped. But um I think that's the right move. Uh, so letting showrunners take over and, and be the, the right uh, or be the, the point person. That's the way it should be. Um, also interesting is that they are going to move away from um, basically like mini uh, mini series 
and they're going to focus more on serialized long running shows, which I don't think I'm a fan of for this. The reason being is if you're going to do long running series, uh, multi-season series, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's going to depend on the episode count, but I think, I think the problem I have is we have high budgets for these. Like I think uh, the, the mini series were estimated to be like 150 million a piece. So it's like making a movie in terms of the budget. And I'm worried that doing, you know, a 20 episode series or season, they're going to drastically reduce the budget and it's going to feel cheap because like agents of shield, I used to watch that and I, I did dig it for quite a while, but like, it's tough when you find it's tough when you have that much content that you need to produce. Number one, the budget has to go down and number two, um, you know, implementing characters and stories and things that you care about. Like the other thing too, with having this type of long form series is Marvel is already feeling the weight of, you know, dodging around all of this continuity. And if you're going to have to produce, 20 some episodes and maybe like three seasons of it that's going to be even trickier to maneuver around and, and still keep a high level of quality so that that switch in formats has me a little concerned but everything else i am very pro like i'm i'm really for it so uh, i think it was the right call i also talked with you guys offline a few days ago or whatever and mentioned they were blowing up the blade script supposedly and rewriting that. And uh, I'm really into that idea as well. Cause I wasn't happy with what I had read about that as well. So I don't know. Those are just my thoughts on the current state of Marvel TV. Uh, how, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm probably the harshest out of the three of us. Usually when it comes to, uh, you know, I'll even throw in star Wars uh, in there mm-hmm. as far as uh, how garbage the TV can be from this. Um, Reading this article made me thrilled, um, but it also made me frustrated and angry because um, it made me think of you know my my own time as a uh, as a movie theater worker um, and how sometimes it's like hey we're just kind of figuring things out as we go um, you know or trying to change a model that's worked for so many years like there's a structure of television that is there uh, that's been there um, that you know. Marvel just decided we don't need to adhere to, and we think we're better than that um, because we're Marvel. Um, and they were proved wrong on that. Um, and so it, it was kind of it was it was kind of laughable when I was reading the article um, from you know I saw mine on the Hollywood Reporter, um, and just the the quotes in there of like, hey, we realize that like this doesn't work, and it's like, yeah, duh, you morons. Um, so, you know, and you look at the failure of something like, hey, we had the writer for Secret Invasion, um, literally who wrote, um, you know, Mr. Robot in an enemy, uh, sorry, an Emmy winning show. Um, and uh, the writer's name was uh, Kyle uh, Bradstreet. Um, and they literally had him working on scripts for a year and they said, hey, hit the road. We're going to do this and we're going to go in another direction. Uh, that's insane behavior to me. Um, it just reminds me of all the stuff like when we were reading about, you know, Star Wars, um, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, the final trilogy, um, you know, and then they're bringing in other writers and 
you know, it's no surprise to me that one of my, I would say, favorites outside of WandaVision, which I think, you know, is, you know, universally probably accepted as maybe the best one um, outside of Loki, um, just because I think Loki hits on a lot of good points. Um, I guess it's it's incredible that Loki, I guess, is uh, I didn't see anything about this in here, um, but that uh, that She-Hulk was the only one that had kind of like a showrunner on there for the majority of it. Um so uh, I was happy to hear that because I thought that was one of the better, well put together shows out of all of them. Um, you know, so I, I'm happy they're going back to the drawing board. Um, I, I'll, I'll I'll go with a counter to your point, Greg, about like, hey, long seasons. You know, I, I think it could be, you know, if, if we're saying we're getting 23 minute, 18 episodes, it'll probably end up averaging out to be about the same. You know, maybe a couple of them will be longer. And my thing is, is like, hey, if you're going to tell a story about maybe a certain character before they're in, like, this is where it just becomes, with the movies, I felt they had a great structure on, hey, we're telling this story with uh, with Black Panther in Civil War to get him ready for Black Panther. Now, if you're setting up a show, um, you know, for example, uh, what's it called if that's going to come out? Um, the blind superhero, Echo. Um, mm-hmm. If that show's going to come out yeah. and spend... Huh? Deaf. Deaf, sorry. Yeah, Dare, I apologize. Daredevil's I'm blind. getting Daredevil. Um, yes, blind. Daredevil, yes. It's too much blind talk with Daredevil. So Echo's gonna come out, and I think that could be something that even if that's seventeen episodes, but it kind of builds the underground crime world a little bit to lean into the next show, which might be Kingpin, or maybe net might next be Daredevil. And I'm not saying I need like eight episodes of Daredevil or do what Star Wars did and be like, hey, here's a Boba Fett show with an episode and a half of no Boba Fett. Um, but like kind of working that world into it, I think could be strong. Um, and I think the, the longer the season could help that um, or allow them to have longer time to have a character arc for certain characters, introduce a new character um, that might, ha- that might cross over into a daredevil show or a kingpin. Like, I, I think there's a way they can build a universe here. Um, I just hope that's the plan. I hope, I hope there's, there's plans in place to kind of set things up and set, you know, stories and characters up. So that's all I'll care about. Um, but happy, happy to read it. Like I said, but frustrated at the same time that we got nine television shows that, uh, you know, we've all kind of shrugged our shoulders for the most part and liked pieces of, of certain stuff and said, you know, I mean, you guys didn't even watch Secret Invasion. Am I wrong? Am I the only one who watched it? I did not watch it. I, I, I I don't know if I'm. Going to go back and watch it. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Don't watch that garbage. It's it's awful. It's awful. Um, Uh, So you're like a big Emile Clark fan, and she's like had a big, pretty big role in it. Yeah, listen. Yeah, um, anybody who gets cast in Marvel, they just get the Marvel face, and they just go and do what they're told, and then cash their checks, and then they hit the road. And because there's no development of their character, they don't need the stretch to do anything, and they're probably not going to be used again in certain things. So, um, or their storylines will get changed somehow. but yeah, Marvel's in a mess to me, um, which the Marvel's coming soon. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see that and hopefully, uh, you know, that'll be solid. But uh, yeah, again, I went on a little rant, but this is very exciting and happy news to see that they're finally uh, looking to the world of television and saying, maybe we should try it the way television's always done it. So one thing I want to touch on real quick with that is uh, you, you, put a counter to my point and you yeah, mentioned if they just were have some fun just like have some 20... dialogue well you, yeah you mentioned if they were 20 minute episodes i was presupposing that they were 40 minute episodes so i didn't right yeah that would be 
I, I can't imagine them keeping the same level of budget, but yeah, if yeah. it's like a 20 minute and, episode and there's 20, 20 episodes of those. And, yeah. I, no worries. Listen, there. listen, drop the season premiere on ABC, get people to come over to, to Disney plus like drop the first couple episodes, like have a, you know, a special Sunday night when football isn't on and be like, Hey, you know, coming to ABC this Sunday night, daredevil, you know, or whatever. And like the other thing too is is like I'll say this like as a big fan of like multi series TV if your story is done being told in one season there's no need to do another one do you know what I mean you know tell one season of Echo and then have her show up in the Daredevil you know movie that ends up coming or the Crime Underworld like whatever fits in that universe do you know what I mean so because they're they're running into an issue where I mean we've been to many of the movies where it's like I don't know where any of these stories are going I don't know how you're going to introduce half the people from Eternals into you know, the Marvels or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's I like, think, I don't think the people writing these know where it's going either. Yeah. To be honest. So it's, it's just a thing where it's like, Hey, if, if you build a television universe and it's the, 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 the Marvel under crime underworld and it stars the Punisher and you're, you're basically doing well, the success you had at Netflix, you know, but you're doing it better. Okay. If you introduce other things or you hint at other things, you know, that's cool too. Um, but like, let's, let's, let's make some stories that make me care about why I should care about daredevil. Do you know what I mean? Or, Hey, why do I care about echo? Because she was in, you know, another show on, on Marvel. No, like, Hey, what's her story? You know what I mean? What, what, who she, who she, you know, taught, like, I think she had a little crush in the, in, in the show. So, you know, are we expanding on that? So like there's avenues, but like, let's, let's see it. So ran over. Sorry. Sorry. Good. Fair, fair enough, gentlemen. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and and, out, and other news, uh, really quick. I I saw this before we jumped on. Uh, I know we're we're all big on this. Apparently, Guitar Hero is coming back, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, nice. Hey, um, get the band back together. Sorry. Just wanted to throw that little little nugget of news out. Um, so maybe we'll do a live show once uh, all of us pick it up for like three hundred dollars. Perfect. We'll do a, <laughs> one of our show. Yeah, we should just do that. I do. <laughs> I like Guitar Hero, but I've always been. A rock band guy, like I prefer rock band. So that's yeah, it's tomato tomato, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they all kind of blend together once once you get going. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, that is that is the news for this week. Great, <laughs> thank you, sir. Yes, our, our outro music. Um, does and does so, the music get played on an outro or no? There's no outro music. No, it doesn't, right? It's just There's the no outro <laughs> news music. Yeah. We just we just bring you in and you fly away. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> soaring high, just go right off the track. You magically transform from roving reporter to co-host. <laughs> um, so, as we had mentioned earlier, this is our Fave Five horror uh, return. This is the yeah, first Fave nice. Five like that it. we're we're coming back to and revisiting and Hey, you know what? It's spooky season. So why not? Um, the good thing about having fave five is even with a list of five and some honorable mentions, you can have more favorites and films that you like. So that's kind of the approach that we're taking with this. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. It's a big genre, my guy. So with that being said, you guys know the drill. We're going to go through our honorable mentions and then uh, we'll move on to our primary list. But I want to kick it off with my honorable mentions. So first honorable mention for Fave 5 Horror for me is 1984's Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante mm, and starring Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates. 
Um, so I think there might have been a time where I wouldn't consider this horror, but I've kind of uh, changed my thinking on some things. And I mean, there there is enough in there for me to consider it horror. I mean, there are some <clears throat> some killings, there's monsters, so it's a creature feature. Um, but I I really love the Christmas setting in a small town. I love the the dark humor in it. Uh, Gizmo is the the cutest thing. I think everybody wanted a Mogwai up until you know half an hour into the movie, and they feed him or get him wet or whatever. Um, it's just uh, there's like magic and whimsy to it, and that's probably because it was written by Chris Columbus, and he comes from that uh, that wonderful magical school. But I would say it's it it almost has a Spielbergian Hogwarts? feel to the movie. Um, what's that? I said Hogwarts. He went to Hogwarts. Yeah, he went to Hogwarts. Um, but you guys know I'm a huge Spielberg fan, and it has a very Spielbergian feel to it. Uh, direction, great. Um, you know, I wish we got more out of Zach Allegan and Phoebe Cates um, in terms of movie careers, but they just kind of off and went. But, um, but yeah, I have a special place in my heart for this, and absolutely love it. I know it's not a traditional horror pick, but uh, it's my pick. So there you go. Next, I am going to go with 1987's Creepshow 2, directed by Michael Gornick and starring George Kennedy and Lois Childs. Um, This is a horror anthology film. So if you think, uh, you know, similar films, Trilogy of Terror, Trick or treat, those type of things. It's got a couple shorts better to the original Creep Show. I think the stories are better. There's there's only three, but they're all hits. There's Old Chief Woodenhead and The Raft and The Hitchhiker. And um very good. Uh some of the luminaries that wrote uh some of these short stories, Stephen King, George Romero, a couple names you might recognize. Uh the one thing that I will say about this that made me cringe, which I don't think I realized before I I rewatched this recently is um, Holt McCallney, uh, who you guys know from Mindhunter. We absolutely love Mm -hmm. a ton of movies. Um, Plays an indigenous American in this one. (laughs) Tans to the gills. Yeah. So Holt, who is a very Irish guy, (laughs) Irish American. uh, It was a little strange seeing him, in that role and uh we'll just chalk it up to the past was not always great um but uh yeah this is a great film i really enjoy it um lots of tongue-in-cheek vibes very if you've never seen any of the creep show films very much uh reminiscent of tales from the crypt if you've ever seen that stuff um so i really really dig creep show too Next up on my honorable mentions is Tetsuo the Iron Man from 1989. Uh, This is a Japanese film directed by Shinya Tsukamoto and starring Tomoro Taguchi and uh, I had Keith, but I don't think that's right. Uh, Kei Kei Fujiwara, um, who she is fantastic in it. Tetsuo the Iron Man is a film, if you've never seen it, that is unlike any other. It is so bizarre and out there, and um, it's just, it's very, uh, very metal, 
and and flesh and blood and uh oil and all of these just raw things um it's stop you're making of, me hungry so it's this is robert downey <laughs> jr's best yeah yes yeah exactly i'm gonna read a little synopsis real quick um a metal fetishist driven mad by the maggots wriggling in the wound he's made to embed metal into flesh runs out into the night and is accidentally run down by a Japanese businessman and his girlfriend. The pair dispose of the corpse in hopes of quietly moving on with their lives. However, the businessman soon finds that he is now plagued by a vicious curse that transforms his flesh into iron. And it is just uh man, it's, it's a movie that's on speed and just uh very, shot in bizarre ways it's an experience and it's not full length um it's pretty short it uh i want to say it's a little over a hundred minutes maybe but um if you've never seen this check it out it just absolutely bizarre and a total total experience uh next up after that i have 2010's uh south korean film i saw the devil and that is directed by Ji Woon Kim and starring Lee Byung Hung and Choi Min Sik. Uh, Lee Byung Hung, you might know from the G.I. Joe movies. Um, synopsis for this one A secret agent exacts revenge on a serial killer through a series of captures and releases. Um, pretty straightforward sounding, but very, very cool. So imagine a serial killer actually being caught and uh it's just a game of cat and mouse where the special agent goes after him tortures him releases him goes and does the whole thing over again hmm. very interesting very unique uh pretty graphic <laughs> there there's some uh, crazy gore in there um this is another one where it's not i wouldn't necessarily qualify it as straight up horror but it fits into like a thriller genre and i think ultimately thrillers do fall under the horror uh umbrella as a subgenre so if you've never seen this go out of your way to check it out it's usually streaming i think i've seen it on hulu and maybe max before but i saw the devil go look for it and uh let me know what you think and then lastly for my honorable mentions 2016's the conjuring 2 directed by james wan starring vera farmiga and patrick wilson so i had the conjuring on my list of fave fives last time around and i think the conjuring 2 is just right up there with it very uh very close in terms of quality and i think also that the conjuring franchise Number one, very important to horror um, within the last 10 years, really. But also um, just in terms of the main um, the main parts of the Conjuring universe, so Conjuring 1, 2, and 3, very, very quality driven. Um, when, when it comes to a horror franchise, I don't think there are as many hits in the main installments as there are for Conjuring for any other franchise uh so those are my honorable mentions what do you guys think about those have you seen any of them any thoughts uh i've i've never heard of two of them uh so i've never heard of i saw the devil and uh the iron man uh i've heard of the other iron man, but um 
Yeah, Tetsuo. Not that, yeah. <clears throat> Not that Iron Man, though. Um, so I, I, I think we talked about it maybe last week, or it might have been off topic uh, or off um, off air with uh, the Conjuring series or whatever. I, I forget what, what brought it up, but um, I'm not a fan of uh, what's the word uh, possession, possession type movies and uh, possession and uh, supernatural. Um, it, it scares the hell out of me. It really does. Uh, I don't know if I believe it's like one of the things. I don't know if I believe it. But uh, if something happens, it's like normally I'd be like real, ah, that's all superstitious, that's silly. And then something will move in my house and I get freaked out and I get like chills. Um, so I, But I have not seen The Conjuring. The only movie I've seen on here is Gremlins. Um, do you classify this as a Christmas movie? Let's just get it out of the way. Mm, that's tricky. I would say no. I mean, it has okay. Christmas in it, but it's not based around Christmas. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Right. I know you're trying to uh, trick me into Die Hard. <laughs> I'm not. No, I wasn't trying to trick you because there's three movies that are always talked about, whether or not they're Christmas movies. It's Die Hard, Gremlins, and Iron Man three. And people are always like, "Are they are they Christmas movies or not?" Just want yeah. to make sure. Oh, Batman uh, Returns too. That was another one. People that's the fourth about. one. Yeah, that is yeah. a Christmas movie. Um, but um, but yeah. So Gremlins, it 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 it's actually is. I feel like it's more on the second one at least is more on the silly side of of the gremlins universe um I, I i i feel like i've seen the second one a lot more and i don't know if phoebe cates is in the second one um i know she's in the first one I, there's only like three or four movies i've seen of phoebe cates and this is one of them um I, it's been a long like probably 20 years since i watched it um i remember the the mogwai scaring the 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 bejesus out of me when they when they eat and and eat after eat after midnight and you throw water on them um the bad gremlins are terrifying. So, and I, and I guess at that time they were all, that was all um, real. That wasn't special effects. That was uh, practical. Yeah, practical. Yeah, which is even ha- more horrifying because it actually guys they use real, real gremlins. They use real gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's too much ketchup in here. Um, but uh, sorry, that was an inside joke for work. Um, but uh, but yeah, look, it, it actually looks uh, it looks terrifying. Um, so. No, I thought that was uh yeah, that's a good choice. Um but yeah, I, I the other ones I really haven't seen. Creep show too, I've heard of. Um I've heard people talk about it and it seems like very Twilight Zone y for horror not horror movies, but like you know, Twilight Zone's definitely in the horror genre, but there is that like some there's some supernatural but other, you know, more more thriller type not horror um in some of the stories. But it just seems like a straight up horror version of of, of uh of that so yeah i mean i would say with twilight zone the big difference well number one twilight zone more of a sci-fi lean as opposed to horror yeah. but also the twilight zone thank you their um their episodes um tend to have like a moral to the story whereas these are just straight up tales to chill and thrill <laughs> yeah so cool but yeah, I mean, some interesting ones. That one that uh, I, I think is the Iron Man one that uh, you really got me. It sounded streaming on Amazon Prime. Away of it, it sound it sound pretty good. Okay, cool. I've been rewatching the Saw series on Amazon Prime. Put it on while Catherine's excellent. on. She will love it. <laughs> you think the baby will like it? Is it? Is it? What's oh, it rated? Yeah, totally. Uh, what's it rated? Um, well, just give it a watch. Find out. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Maybe Finn'll maybe Finn'll watch. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah so i love doing these lists and um 
I feel as though every time we do these lists, I get a lot of crap for being the guy who picks these movies that no one's ever heard of, and <laughs> they're so old. Why are you picking the the movie stars in the pictures? Um, and yet here we are. I got my Greg, uh, my Greg eighties counter at three uh, already for movies picked um during the 1980s so um yeah we just get on here and and greg gets to shout out some random movies from the 80s that he's that he's absolutely over the moon with but i mention a movie from the 50s and all of a sudden i'm the i'm the crazy guy who uh who likes cinema um these are more recent than yours yeah uh dude we're talking gilda golden bottom in mind listen listen Even if you want to go with like 1989 with with Tetsuo, it's it's freaking 35 years old almost. Like, what are we doing here? You anyway? You made me watch a movie where they called a hot dog a Coney Island. Just call it a hot dog. <laughs> Listen, don't don't get me started with your list. I'll, I'll get the I'll get the 90s counter out for you next, and we'll see how that goes for you. Um. Just you know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, haven't seen Creepshow too. Uh, yeah, the the I from the the from you know the terrible mentioned Iron Man, um, the other Iron Man, um, which I'm sure it's great uh, in there. And um, I saw the Devil, never saw it. Um, Gremlins, yeah, uh, great for all. I'd say try to watch this as a kid, or if you're watching it with somebody who hasn't seen it the first time, um, I would say this is a good introduction into movies. Uh, if you if you're looking for you know, a movie that I think hits a couple different bases besides horror. Uh, Conjuring 2, first movie I ever saw in Dolby, uh, absolutely slaps. Um, it's uh, it's The Conjuring. The Conjuring movie's got it right. Uh, I don't know about the third one, never saw it. But the first two, man, put them against anything uh, in, in regards to the horror world. So uh, they, they know how to do it right. So, so yeah, great list. Um Again, uh, we're at three for the 80s counter, so uh, we'll see how, how we show You finish. said you did not see that? Yeah, never heard of Creepshow, Creepshow 2, Creepshow 3, Creepshow The Raft, Creepshow The Other One, uh, you know. No. Right, well, I am going I to challenge one, you. I, oh, you... great. <laughs> I, got a, I got a side quest in my life now? Jeez, yeah, come on. Yeah, you, you do, actually. Because I told, me hard, you, Greg. I told you before, you need to watch Dude, I Saw go. the Devil. So I yeah. think you will enjoy that. And then Tetsuo the Iron Man, I don't know that you'll enjoy, but I think as a cinema fan, Tetsuo it should be on your Man. list. So, right, well, I've seen one out of four Iron Man movies, so to keep that joke rolling. <laughs> I saw The Devil's my favorite Ace of Base song. Oh, my God. All right. Love it. Hans, what do you Love have it. for honorable mentions? I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So first off, I have Scream from 1996, which is, uh, you know, directed by Wes Craven. Uh, went on to uh, come uh, with, uh, uh, I guess, maybe five or six unnecessary sequels. But, um, yeah, we uh, it's still – the Scream series is still pumping, it, pumping them out. Um, I don't think Wes Craven's really attached to the the more recent ones. He's not, or is he? Oh, he's uh, dead. So, oh yeah, that's right. He is. Sorry, R.I.P. Wes Craven. I'm sorry about that. Whoops. Um, Our man on the streets, Chris Hanratty, with updated some, news. No, Wes reason, Craven I, I, dead. I feel like I'm mixing him up with someone else. I feel like, whoops. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing to yeah. see here. So yeah, uh, yeah. So um. <laughs> Yeah, like with Scream, I, I've only actually seen the Scream, like the first Scream, maybe twice, two, three times. Um, I don't like the idea of someone being in my house 
when I'm home alone. Uh, it, it hasn't really happened that much since you know I've had I've had kids and all. Um, but just the fact that like the the initial terror of it is the the scene with Drew Barrymore, which great marketing by the way, uh, is to make it look like Drew Barrymore is gonna be in the whole movie and they kill her off in the first five minutes. Um, but then. It, it it really this the series became self aware I guess around like the second or third one where it started to, you know become a more jokey I guess not I wouldn't say jokey but it made fun of itself in terms of the horror cliches that are that are really out there um, I still remember um, you know with the the shock of finding out who the killer was because um, I after that I didn't really trust my best friend at the time uh, for a little bit just because in case he wanted to murder me for whatever reason uh, so yeah. There's that, but it's this is a, a you know a couple of my movies are that I have on here are very realistic, and that's what like horrifies me because you hear these stories, and this is a very good story, like a good tale of like of something that could really actually happen, and it scares me. So uh, I don't have a I don't have a house phone anymore for this reason, and um, I uh, yeah I don't I don't really trust anyone that much anymore. Uh, even you guys, you call me. Just saying, I I'm gonna see, I'm gonna say something. I see a ghost face mask gonna, in your house. I'm gonna I'm done. We're, we're done. gonna air this out on the pod. You don't trust. I'm us. gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> something kidding. that's gonna terrify you. But in the newer oh. entries in Scream, they use cell phones. Uh, <laughs> so I get figured, rid of that cell phone, my guy. Would, yeah, go back to a pager. Nobody's using yeah, pagers. Uh, <laughs> they still pagers just, and pay phones. Um, yeah, doctors still use pagers. Um, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I remember like being I was eleven, twelve, probably like twelve or thirteen when I saw this. So this is one of the first like horror movies I think I probably snuck into in the theater to watch. Uh, and yeah, and I haven't watched it since. It's probably I probably watched Scream Two more than I watched Scream One. Um, yeah, was Scream Two with Billy's mom? Did I make that up? You're correct. Uh, Sorry. No, I don't. I don't ah, know. whatever. It's all the same. You're stuff. correct. Yeah, you're correct. Um. Thank you, Harry. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, I have Blair Witch from 1999. Um, this is the first found footage movie that I've seen. It, it terrified me because gullible – imagine gullible 14-year-old Chris thinking that uh, you know this was an actual found footage movie where these three people really went missing. And uh, I, I actually lived at the time down the street from some woods that me and my friends would go to all the time like at dark. And we would go to like do – like not illegal things, but we'd just do silly things down in the woods. Um, and then we actually recorded because of Blair Witch. We tried to record something that we thought we saw in the woods, so we made our own little Blair Witch. On a, it exists on a VHS tape somewhere. I don't know where. Um, but it terrified me because it's it's this is probably um where my my fear of the supernatural came because it's very there's I've watched this baby five years ago. Nothing happens in this movie going back nothing really happens but this the tense it's just the tension that builds up to the end of it and i you you really think you see the blair witch at the end of it when they're in that basement and it's horrifying and and like excuse me you know those videos where like you're watching something like a car driving by and like a scary face pops up and they usually do that on little kids because it's funny um 
that you do that to me that's like kind of what it and like that scene to me like it's it's like burned into my head of like because i thought i saw the blair witch and it scared me for yeah. a really long time i think if our audience yeah. wasn't already calling child protective services they are now after that <laughs> statement but yeah well <laughs> yeah i think it's funny because <laughs> it's, i think your review sounds very childlike and naive and and, and, and i saw the blair witch and, and he's no i was young. just imagine like 14 <laughs> now i will say like any of the other blair witch i was i was devastated when i found out that these were just actors and that the whole thing, it was, I think it was on the mm. MTV Movie Awards where they all came out presented. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought they went missing <laughs> in the woods. They found them. <laughs> Movies aren't real. Uh, hands, uh, the listeners, dear listeners, the uh, the picture you want to imagine is Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Young hands just pointing, pointing. at the screen as the yeah. Blair Witch cast comes out on the VMAs. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. That's them. I thought they were dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's when I thought, I thought this was going to win like documentary of the year and it didn't, it just, it's a fake story. Good Lord. Um, and then they did book of shadows and all that other baloney. Um, but yeah, I found footage movies. I, I, I do, I, I, I'm kind of drawn a little more. And if I do watch horror movies, I'm more towards found footage. Um, I know we talked about Cloverfield a few weeks ago. Um, but I just think like the tenseness of being in the wood and that's a certain area. It's, it kind of reminds, it just. That's why I won't play Slenderman anymore because it reminds me of the Blair Witch and Slenderman scares me a lot. So the anyway, list gets longer. <laughs> what Hanratty won't do because of horror movies. Put enough yeah. hours into this. <laughs> yeah, as I as I as I text you guys uh, the, the other day asking about like what people are saying, what's one of the the scariest video games of all time? Oh, uh, should I play it? Um, number three is Misery from 1990, directed by Rob Reiner, uh, starred Kathy Bates, which I believe she won an Academy Award for. Um, uh, this movie is uh, horrifying because it's also one of those stories that could really happen where you get kidnapped and you, if you're famous, you have a psycho fan come and you know try and get you to rewrite your book and, and come up with an ending. And then you know she turns your leg into just mush and uh, just you know she tortures you. Um, that is that is. Just the thought of being in a house and just being tortured by someone who's supposed to be, you know, a fan of mine is is really scary. Um, luckily, I'm not Chris, famous. That's why Chris won't come over my house anymore. So that's why he is a fear of because I'm a yeah. fan of his. So and once, uh, yeah, once I hit that Jim Gardner status in the reporting thing, you know, yep. people are going to come up like, "You should have yep. added this on the news," and then hobble <laughs> off my leg. Um, <laughs> Like, sorry, it's a podcast. I just do box office review. Do the news Ow. segment again. No. You're just laid yeah. up in bed constantly repeating the news segment. Why don't you do six through ten on the box office smash? <laughs> um Yeah, but this is this is a, a very um it, it is scary and it's something that, you know, could probably has happened in the world at some point where people are being kidnapped and tortured. Um but uh yeah, Kathy Bates, a lot of this goes to you get to Kathy Bates, she plays nuts perfectly um but yeah i actually have every intention to go back i downloaded the book last year to go back and, and read it because i heard the book's a little different than the movie but not too much but uh we'll see what you know when i read that in five years um my man's got a kid on the way he's like when i open this book <laughs> yeah when i open this when, when kid's five and can read on its own um Next is Silver Bullet, uh, which is 1985, directed by Daniel Atias. Uh, if you guys have ever seen this movie, this was a, a book. Uh, it's based on a book written by Stephen King. This movie scared me when I was – my brother showed this to me when I was four or five. This scared – it made me scared of werewolves. 
and it stuck with me. And we, my brothers made me watch it, and then um, they made me watch it, the the miniseries, and then this. They literally like actually tied me down to watch it. Um, it says Corey Haim and Gary Busey. Gary Busey before I knew Gary Busey is a crazy maniac. Um, and some other guy who's a priest who turns into a werewolf. Um, I think the fact that me being forced to watch this movie, uh, helped, but then I watched it in high school and I had actually like traumatic events from in my childhood and it brought a lot back because my, I was tortured and to then forced to watch this movie. Um, very practical with the effects. Obviously it's, it's very eighties cornball, um, cornball horror, but you know, the, the, the design of the werewolf is, is somewhat silly, but scary at the same time. Um, Again, I don't drive through small towns anymore for this real reason, and don't trust reverends who have a shady past. Nope. Sorry. Add it to the list. You, to yeah, the list. I don't trust a lot of people. It's horror movies for me. Um, and then the last one, this is more, uh, and, and this actually isn't a scary movie for me, but for some reason I do, I've seen this movie a lot of times, um, Devil. This was produced by M. Night Shyamalan. It came out in 2010. I remember exactly where I was working. For this movie, uh, because of that, working at a movie theater, I probably saw this movie, um, you know, went up to the projector and threaded this baby at least like 10 or 11 times. Um, this is about four people that are stuck in an elevator. Uh, very M. Night type of story, shock ending type, uh, type movies. But this was supposed to be part of an anthology series that he was going to do. I think Devil, Devil had failed financially and then they said probably put the brakes on that um and this was kind of during m night's down period where he wasn't directing but he was you know producing some of this stuff but it seemed like some of the stuff he was producing was kind of knocking it out of the park um this has uh really no one too famous chris messina is probably the most famous person in this movie um logan marshall green you're you're hating logan marshall green from uh from uh oc fame that's right i i today what was it bokeem woodbine isn't he in this also yeah, he is. Okay. I I don't know. The other other guy, um, something Daly, John Daly. He's in uh super. He's like a, a comedic actor. He's in Super Troopers and Waiting. I don't know. Oh, I got John Francis Daly. Mm. So you got um, some Yeah, they're like they're that guy. Like you see them, you're yeah. like, oh, that's that guy. Um, but some imagery in it is is pretty is pretty scary. Um. You know, you it's very claustrophobic too. If you if you do have claustrophobia, which I have a little bit of, but just feeling the feeling of being stuck in that elevator when and all this crazy stuff happening is is very scary. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a real it's actually a good quality horror movie. That I know. Um, I feel like some of those are hard to come by where you get a good a good story um, around. At least in my opinion, um, like a good story with some good horror elements to it, and I think it's a good one. So. Throw it over to you guys. Harry, what about you? You go first. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's three on the 90s counter for Chris there um, <laughs> in regards to it. Um, yeah, uh, I will talk more about Scream uh, later on. Uh, as I don't want to give too many spoilers away from my list. But uh-huh. um, Misery, I've never seen it. Um, it's one that I always like when I mention. It's because I think it's such a well- you know, it was a book, um, and then it was uh, a great movie as well. So I think those uh, in the early 90s, that I think about that, like Jurassic Park as well. There was 
a bunch of like uh, I used to hear my dad talk about it back in the day where it was like you watch the movie or you you read the book and then all of a sudden it was out on you know in theaters a couple of years later um you know and all these bestsellers so it, it's on my to, to watch list at some point uh never heard of silver bullet uh, I'm sorry you got traumatized as a kid um next time we have a game night I won't bring werewolves um we'll kind of keep that away from you um devil devil's a solid a solid a solid flick I think M Knight gets a lot of uh, a lot of hate uh, in regards to you know his his world, um, I think he's a very clever director and producer, and would love would love an M Night thing every you know eighteen to months to two years. Um, that's how I feel about him. Uh, Blair Witch, man, wow, what a time! Um, I remember you know this movie was in the newspapers; it was the talk of the town. Uh, they don't make them like this anymore, and what, what I mean by that is is just the idea, as you mentioned, hands that this movie could actually be a real thing. Um, you know, this is pre-internet. God, what a time to be alive, man. Oh my goodness. You know, oh man, I just, I, I envy it sometimes with the amount of technology and uh, information we have at our fingertips. Um, but yeah, this is, I just remember this, you know, and everybody would talk and I know I've talked previously on one of our best of lists about paranormal activity. I would say since the Blair Witch paranormal activity, you know, and I'll give a nod to your Cloverfield, Chris, cause I don't want you to be hurt. Um, are, you know, kind of three movies where people like would, would pause and say, is this, is this all like fake, right? This is all, this is all a movie. Um, and that disbelief, even just for a moment, even just for a day, even just for an hour, um, is it's, it's captivating. It's, it's thrilling. Um, so yeah, a uh, great honorable mention list. I, for one, would like to thank Hans for giving us a complete psychological profile on why the way he is, the way he is. Yeah. <laughs> explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, honestly, just play this, uh, you know, whenever whenever you need to, whenever you need to, you know, think back on. I'm gonna, you know what? I should, just, I should just forward this episode to my therapist and be like, just listen up until probably like the one um, hour mark. And then just like, you know, if you need anything, um, any other questions, yeah. let me know. G- give me a call. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. you walk out of there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scream, I'm not a fan of many of the uh, slashers from after the 80s, but Scream kind of brought back the genre and uh, was really well done. Um, Maybe off the top of my head, I think that might have been Wes Craven's last like great movie. so yeah, it's got a special place in my heart, and I'm not huge on the franchise. Uh, I will watch them on occasion, but um, I don't go actively seeking them out often. But but yeah, there's nothing quite like the first one. Really love that. Uh, Blair Witch, great. Harry, you made a great point about it really being a moment in time. And you know, hands to your point, yeah, the movie itself is. If you watch it now with knowledge of this being a a work and a movie and you're not suspending your disbelief sure it can be kind of boring or well maybe not boring but you know just there's there's not a lot of actual spooky stuff yeah uneventful yeah but but if you really even on a rewatch if you place yourself back in the moment and picture dear listeners a time when the internet was uh just forming and you know not really there weren't spoilers out there or, you know, fan pages or all these clever marketing ploys. It was just, Hey, there's this movie. Like we didn't know if we were watching a snuff film or not. Like, Oh my God, they really released this. What was the deal? Mm. And then to 
I forget who the distributor was. Maybe New Line. I don't remember. Or Miramax, maybe. I don't know. But whoever whoever did it did a really great job with marketing where they played it up like, yeah, this yeah. was a real documentary. Um, to my knowledge, the first found film movie that I remember seeing um, and then subsequent ones, really the only three found footage films that stick out are this Paranormal and Cloverfield. I couldn't tell you any others that like really stuck with me, but great pick with Blair Witch. Uh, Misery, I just rewatched this for the second time ever, um, maybe like a couple years ago. And I love movies based on Stephen King stuff, even though I've never actually read any of his books. And I was a little, um, I was like, ah, you know, this probably isn't going to be that scary because it's just a lady that kidnapped a guy and she's holding him hostage or whatever. But it is genuinely suspenseful. Uh, and Kathy Bates is tremendous in it. So I think this was a really dark horse choice by you, but it's a it's a great inclusion. So props there. Uh, Silver Bullet. <laughs> Not only have I never seen, I've actually never heard of. But I kind of want to shoot a short movie where, like, a young Chris is um, being held down by his <laughs> brothers and closing his eyelids while this is being forced to play. And they just punch him in the gut and like, open your eyes and watch Silver Bullet, nerd. Uh, <laughs> is that kind of on point? Is that how it happened? Or They didn't call me a nerd, but, you know, they probably, you know. But well, Greg, was uh, bringing, was... Greg was bringing some of his own trauma into that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I did mention movie. it. I don't know if I did mention it, but just go to go to your point. This was a book written by Stephen King. So hey, um, oh yeah, yeah, you did mention it. That's right. All right. Um, um, also, some people that are also in Terry Quinn, which is from Lost Fame, hey, uh, nice. and Corey Haim. Who, okay. Um, okay. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. This sounds like it would be right up my alley. I I can't believe I've never heard of it, but I'm definitely going to go out of my way to watch it. And then Devil, the general consensus on Devil is um, that it is a solid movie. Uh, And I know it's not directed by M. Night. It is written by him, uh, but not directed. But I actually watched this for the first time recently, like within the last month or so. And I did not like it. I thought it was very mid. um, You know, there's a couple okay points in the story. But honestly... If this were a 15 or 20 minute short film, aces, but full length feature, I, I just was not having it. Fair enough. It's not uh, going to lie. I feel, I think this thing is like an hour and like, it's a breeze. It's 80 minutes. Maybe it's a quick, uh, maybe that's why I liked it so much. Cause I like fast movies, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's like 80 minutes. I remember putting that thing yeah, on an and, hour, and just, hour and 20. Yeah. But I'm saying. Nice. Chop off! An I know hour. what you mean. <laughs> I know. Just chop <laughs> off a major part of the Take plot. Take that hour twenty. Show hour. just the like you honestly could shorten that and just show just the the elevator stuff and and make it a little more interesting that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it had some okay moments. I'm not going to crap on it, but it wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea. Um, okay. But yeah, overall, uh, very very interesting picks for your honorables. Hair dog, what do you got for us? All right, all right, all right. Um, so I went with uh, since you know this is the the Fave Five Horror Returns. Um, I kind of wanted to stick with uh, a couple movies uh, that are a little bit more recent. Uh, one that isn't, um, but a couple that are that are pretty recent to 
uh, releases. Um, so the first one is going to be uh, Talk to Me, which was released in 2022, but actually just came out uh, in America in 2023. Um, you can actually rent this uh, if you so desire. It was just recently out in theaters. Um, and this is a horror thriller movie when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand. Uh, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural uh, force. Um, this is uh, by a couple young and up-and-comers. Uh, I'm going to butcher their uh, names for sure. Um, they wrote and directed this movie. Um, Danny Philip, uh, Filiup, Filiupio? Sure. And Michael Filiupio. Nailed it. Um, and uh, basically, it, it has, a, I think it pretty has an, uh, a full Australian cast, or is it New Zealand? I don't want to be... It's Australian. All right, cool. Country's, so I got it's, that it's right. The same thing. It's the same well, thing. Well, uh, uh, no, it's not, Chris, but that's okay. Uh, we'll cut that in post. <laughs> one's an Aussie and um, one's a Kiwi. Come on. So, yeah. So one. Uh, so it came out in July, as I mentioned. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I think there's some really cool visual effects in it. Um, definitely throw the subtitles on if you have trouble with uh, accents, for sure. Um, it's got a lot of cool, creepy moments. Um, and a lot of, it's a, it's a lot of fun in my opinion. Um, but it also, uh, is pretty terrifying, uh, when it needs to be. So highly recommend, uh, this film, um, as one that you can, uh, recently see another one. Um, this might be a little bit of a, I'm not going to say this is like, you know, your go-to horror, but, uh, it's a lot of fun this year. 2023's The Pope's Exorcist starring my man, Russell Crowe coming in, uh, as The Pope's Exorcist. Um, directed by uh, Julius Avery. Um, like I said, this one just came out this year, and basically um, it follows uh, Gabrielle Amorth, uh, the Vatican's leading exorcist, as he investigates the possession of a child and covers a conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep secret. Um, so like I said, this one you're not going to get – listen, if we're, if we're talking exorcist movies, see this one over uh, Exorcist Believer. Um, this is out on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. Um, it's, uh, it's really powered by Russell Crowe. Um, I, uh, I really think this movie would be, uh, highly passable, uh, as far as, um, even checking out. Um, but, uh, Russell Crowe does such a great job in it. Uh, he totally, uh, leads the way and would highly recommend this. Um, and then my final nomination, uh, or sorry, I should say honorable mention, um, is going to be, uh, 2016 split. Uh, which you can watch actually on Peacock. Uh, shout out to our man, as Chris mentioned earlier, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, but M. Night Shyamalan. Um, this movie uh, is about three girls are kidnapped by a man with a diagnosed 23 disti- distinct personalities. They must try to escape before uh, the apparent emergence of the frightful new 24th. Um, this movie uh, absolutely slaps. Um, stars Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, James McAvoy plays plays Dennis and a uh, uh, whole bunch of other characters. This also has uh, my girl Haley Lou Richardson in it, um, and it's just such a fun. Uh, maybe fun's not the right word, but it's such an intense thriller um, and a little bit of a mystery. Uh, I think in a little bit of a ways of what's going on, and it links into the Shyamalan universe uh, in a way at the end, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and absolutely loved it. Um, and James McAvoy gives a, a, a great performance. Anya Taylor joy is great. Um, yeah, this is definitely one I would, uh, I would highly check out, um, and is worth seeing. Um, 
even if you don't know about the Shyamalan Unbreakable Split and Glass universe. But uh, if you don't, now you know. Um, so yeah, those are my uh, three honorable mentions. Uh, Papa, I'll throw it to you because we actually saw two of these honorable mentions together with Talk to Me and the Pope's Exorcist. So um, yeah, what about what anything to add on these? Yeah, um, I think overall you've got some really strong picks here. Talk to Me was surprisingly good. Uh, I I was not expecting it to be that good. So definitely some creepy moments in there and a unique concept uh, all for it. Um, Split, absolutely love. I think my favorite M. Night movie is Unbreakable, but I would argue Split might actually be his best directed movie. Um, and it's mm. just, it's like you said, like tremendous tremendous performances uh multiple performances from james mcavoy uh really terrifying and i just that that twist uh that it does tie into the unbreakable universe because like you know i don't think anybody knew that going in and the movie stands on its own without even connecting to that but then you get that little extra and it's like mm, oh yeah uh, such a surprise too yeah yeah so really great pick there and that's not something that i would traditionally think of as horror but i i do agree it fits uh so good good pick there and uh the pope's exorcist so the conjuring movies based on true stories and i would say they take those true stories and turn the dial up to like 9 9.5 you know fictionalized for sure and taking things way above pope's exorcist also based on true stories and they take that dial and twist that john two full rotations and dial it up to 20 because this thing is just insane um were there scary moments I don't I don't think there were any for me, but there was a ton of gore. It was a ton of fun. Absolutely right about Russell Crowe driving that movie and he's driving it on his little Vespa. Um, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh just absolutely wild and really hoping we get the um <laughs> the Pope's Exorcist Avengers or whatever. Uh yeah, just, man. Just nuts. Uh but I Can't definitely wait. need to see more of this and I love the unintentional campiness of it. Uh, hands any any thoughts on any of these did you happen to catch any of them uh i've seen split i've not seen talk to me i've never even heard of it until i saw it on that list um pope's exorcist now that it's on netflix uh maybe it uh, might be like a background kind of thing to put on this is not does not seem like it's up my alley how i imagine it is like if you guys remember the movie with um the guy who voiced jarvis why can i not think of his name paul bettany, um, paul bettany and when he priest. played in the movie priest uh where he just fought demons and it was more like a, a like more of an action movie than it was that's how i imagined it because you can always russell crowe in a in a horror honestly i wish it was now that you mention it um i, I feel like if he was just fighting demons i think that would have been really cool um but yeah maybe i'll watch it i don't know we'll see probably not um i i, I like and i like russell crowe I, I you know maybe is it like straight up like really really scary or is it like you guys no. know me. What it's, I, your, it's, what your, I... it's your basic horror movie, and then they get into like history, and they get into like uh, you know how this came to be. So, um, so it's definitely like, something that yeah, I would. If I watch it, will I have to bring up it up to my therapist next time I talk to him? I don't think so. Okay, okay. so I would say 
if the exorcist is like the original exorcist is um mm, we'll say heavy metal i would say the pope's exorcist is like uh glam rock okay no not ed sheeran it's it's like very it's glam rock it's glossy and less scary but you know there's gore but it's fun right you know I mean, there's okay. yeah. a couple creepy moments, but I don't think you'll be wetting the bed. So. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't need it. As you guys, you guys can tell, I don't need any more of that. Um, <laughs> and then Split, yeah, I wouldn't think of that as a horror. And it did pop into my head when I was thinking this list. One of my favorite – like, so Greg, I'm with – I'm in the same ballpark as you where Unbreakable is probably my – is one of my favorite movies ever, but it's my favorite M. Night movie. Um, and just the fact that they connected Split with Unbreakable. Uh, sorry, spoilers for anyone who made this far and, and hasn't seen either of these movies. Um, I think the way they connected that, and this was still in the day. Like, when did Split come out? Twenty. Um, sorry, I know you have twenty sixteen. That's yeah. still like in the like you know the like internet and like turns to spoilers and everything. And that and like early screens where people are dropping stuff. This that ending was not spoiled at all. It was perfect. Like I went into that with no no idea that they were going to connect the universes, which is good. Um, I remember seeing this. I was in a theater with a bunch of tweens, and it was awful. Um, but um, yeah, the old Woodhaven, the old Woodhaven, letting 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 these kids in. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it it was PG thirteen. So just for yeah, the I know that was probably my bad going opening yeah. night. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, I I, I why well, I wouldn't think of this as a horror, more psychological thriller. But I I think Greg, you had said psychological thriller can get classified as horror. Uh, there are some really deep horror elements where you can classify this under that. So uh, I agree. Like, like I said, I was going to put it on here, but, you know, we'll talk a little more M. Night in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. IMDb has yeah. this as horror, so it checked the list. That's fair. Okay. Got him. Worked for me. All right. Well, let's move on to our primary list. Uh, you guys don't have to do it, but I think I'm going to go in chronological order. Um, so I'm going to start with the oldest. In the 80s? Go. No, we're taking it back to the 70s, my boy. Oh, wow. Well. Um, 1975's Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, nominated for four awards and won three of them. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, but did not win. Uh, lost out to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, and it was nominated for and won Best Sound, Best Film Editing, and Best Score uh, by the master John Williams. Um, look, we did a whole pod on Jaws. Uh, absolutely tremendous movie for me there are few movies um that hit a rarefied air where i would say they're just they're perfect the way they are and this is one of them um you know spielberg's got hit after hit after hit in his very long career and i think a lot of people would place this near the top if not at the top um among his filmography um is it a horror movie? Let me definitively answer. Yes, it's a creature feature. So, you know, just because the shark isn't in it as much as you think, it's still a shark. It's still hunting people. We get gore and and uh, all that good stuff. Um, man, the dialogue, just tremendous. The, the interplay between the characters and um, the way that they kind of form this... <laughs> 
perfect shark hunting triad. Actually, no, that's incorrect. It's perfect for our viewing pleasure, but they are very imperfect people, and the way they play off each other and bounce is just uh, tremendous. Um, man, what a great film, and I imagine most people listening to this, you're, you're fans of cinema, you've probably seen it, but if you haven't, you are doing yourself a disservice and you need to watch Jaws. Um, and let me know if you think it's horror. I'm not going to go too much into it. Like I said, we did a full episode on it, but uh, thoughts on Jaws, boys? What did we, was the episode Never Have I Ever for, or was it just straight up we were talking about? I think it was just straight like, up Jaws because they released it in they IMAX. They released it in IMAX, That's yeah, right. I think it was That's end right. of the summer. Um, yeah, so my thoughts on Jaws, this was the first time I didn't, when they released it, I didn't see it in the theaters, I think I watched it um, as Spielberg intended it on my cell phone, <coughs> excuse me, um, but, no, I think I watched some of it, I think most of it on, like, the TV, but, um. I've never seen it up until that point. So within the last, like, you know, a full year um, when I, when I re-released that, uh, I thought this movie was, what's the word I'm looking for? And it's probably because I seen it late, overrated. Um, I saw it late in my life. I saw it when I was 37, 38. Nothing, and, and I know I talked this about you where I said, like, similar to, like, Ghostbusters, Greg, where, like, I, I understand the culture significance. And at that time in the 70s, this was probably a very horrifying movie because this was stuff that, like, I sharks exist and they will eat people. They definitely will. They do if you go into the water. And the fact that that's a real fear that a lot of people were terrified to go into the water. And, and I can see, like, the tenseness build up. I think what, when I say overrated from – and it's not from a point of me watching a first time and like going and saying like whatever, something's overrated. It's just because I think I know so much about it that I know like the culture significance and everything that when I finally watched it, it didn't hit that same as watching it for the first time as if I was like 10 or younger or like who someone who goes into the ocean because I don't now. Um, not because of this because there's a lot of jellyfish, a lot of other stuff in the ocean that I'm afraid of. Uh, but – I, I, I just – I think that I, I probably missed out on seeing this at a younger time of getting the full Jaws effect. With that being said, the performance in this movie – the performances in this movie are fantastic. I, I think that it, it – you could take out the shark and I think this would be a, a, a great movie. Um, but I, I think I knew too much about the story and seen so many clips that it's just like I didn't get – I didn't have the same feeling as someone else watching it for the first time might have had in like 75 or when they're younger. Um, but I, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. It's not, in my opinion, not Spielberg's best. Um, I have a couple more that would probably I'd classify above that. Um, would I count it as a horror movie in the seven, like in that time? Yes, absolutely. Because it actually did cause people to not want to go in the water because they don't want to get eaten by a giant shark. That's a real fear. Um, not for nothing, but I also, you know, I mentioned this was nominated for Best Picture, and Harry, maybe, I don't know if you can support this or not, but I'm pretty sure this was the first horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Other horror m movies have been nominated for various individual awards, yeah. but not Best Picture. Yeah, that sounds about I'm right. I'm trying to think, like, I don't even know, like, I can't even think of recent horror movies that were nominated for, like, Best Picture, so I think... It's pretty rare. Yeah, they're few and far between. Yeah. I don't know. Harry would know anything before seventy five if anything was nominated for hard uh, eighty horror <laughs> movies were nominated for this picture. Uh, you're probably right, but I don't off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, sometimes your your friends come and they just stab you in the heart and they just say, you know, Jaws is mid. Um, 
I, uh, I didn't say it was mid. First of all, I'm, I, I, you're 35. Don't say mid. Well, I'm just you know Bro, for the I kids used out mid there. Earlier. Yeah, I know. It's stopping. Okay. And cheap. Um, Use it all you want. Use it all you average, want. Average, I guess, or not as impactful. Yeah. Um, Speak like so. a thirty-five-year-old. It's average. It yeah, was average, a medium. Uh, it's an average. It's a mediocre viewing experience. It's a medium. Listen, yeah. I uh, I think Jaws is one of the one of the elite films. Um, you know, I think it helps create the modern blockbuster. Um, you know, and, and as you guys have mentioned, you know, we do have our, our pod that you guys can listen to. Uh, we believe we had our buddy Tim on for that when it was released, uh, back in, in IMAX, uh, just last year. And, uh, it looked great. Um, yeah, very well done movie. Uh, definitely. I think categorize, you know, you can make the case. Maybe it doesn't fall into the horror the bucket, but I think it does. Um, uh, in case for those at home are, are arguing, but, uh, yeah, great choice to, to be on any, uh, any horror movie list. Here's the swimming with bow-legged women. Hands, hey. you're up next. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to go whatever's on my list. Um, so I'm not going chronological. Um, I'm going with not, uh, 2003's House of a Thousand Corpses, which is directed by Rob Zombie. Uh, this, I remember seeing this in theaters, and I don't even think I knew. I think I knew, like, I, this was one of my first instances where uh, a, a musician could be uh, into the movie directing world uh i knew rob zombie from his music but not the fact that he could direct a movie um this if you're not familiar with it there is a trilogy of movies based on the firefly family this is the first which is uh you can kind of classify it as i guess like a haunted house type of movie or a murder house type of movie uh four four teens or young people go to this house looking for urban legends they come across captain spaulding who is played by sid haig who is uh, basically he's a, a, a truck stop clown, um, is the best way to describe him. Um, he's somewhat famous as like some commercials and everything, but, um, but it's more, he's more of a local legend. They go to this house, the firefly house that ends up being a torture house. It's, it's saw, but without the games, it's just flat out torture. Um, and you know, they, uh, the, there's a lot of oddities and everything that live in this house with the family. Um, you know, some of the people in it, uh, are, you know, Rob Zombie's big with, um, with casting his wife, Sherry Moon Zombies in this, uh, as baby firefly. Oh my God. I'm thinking of the other guy um, who plays Otis. I cannot think of his name. Um, I will have that in a moment. Bill Mosley. Um, Bill Mosley. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, and then Sid Haig plays Captain Spaulding. Um, I, I just, I, I think this is one of those where going back to, um, my comments about misery and um and scream. This could essentially people live uh, are are exist like this in a world where they're not psychologically set, and you never know. Like you go knocking on the wrong house and go looking for the wrong stuff, and next thing you know, you're actually ended up in like some kind of torture or you're kidnapped, and and it's it's really it, it's really horrifying. Um. And I think just the way this is done, there's a lot of gore in this movie, a, t- a ton of gore. Um, and Rob Zombie's mind, you get, a, you kind of get a look in the Rob Zombie's mind in this because it's a really dark movie and it's very twisted. There's a lot of twisted stuff, and it kind of can explain, um, like Halloween two. Uh, if there was, I forget, mm-hmm. um, Halloween one's a pretty straight movie. Halloween two has a lot of trippy stuff in it. Um, but then, like some of his other movies that come after that. I, I just this this really does it 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 really scared me because I watched it in the theater. This is when I one of probably the first horror movies I've seen 
in a theater that like I actually got uncomfortable in because it's just I don't I was never a big fan of blood and gore and 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 you know some people have classified this I I, I and, you know you hear this with some of the like even like the more later Saw movies it's like torture porn where it just there's a lot of torture in this where like it just it's very heavy um and I just think that that does kind of give me give me a little bit of the creeps um with that being said uh you know if you want to talk the sequel this is probably the sequel of this movie is probably one of the best movies like ever I love Devil's Rejects um which focuses on three of the characters but um yeah I mean with House of a Thousand Corpses it's it's very dark it's very twisted uh if you haven't seen it I recommend it I think it's a quick movie um but great performances in it like I the, I think Rain Wilson this was a pre-office um is in this uh and outside of that i don't think there's really anyone else who's kind of well chris hardwick also was the other dude but it's uh right but he it was before he lost weight so he's very different looking yes okay i forgot about that yeah um but yeah i uh i don't know if you guys have seen this um this was rob zombie's first directed movie until he he stepped into the the world of of hollywood but uh thoughts Ask me if I've seen House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Come on. Actually, I have a question for you because I don't remember. One of my one of my movies on the first go-round we did for Fate 5 Horror was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you, have you seen that? The oldest one? Like the, the yes. one from like the, the original. Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I've seen it later in life, but I, I didn't see it like younger, but I, I've seen it in the past like five or ten years. I found it interesting that you compared this to Saw, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but it is very heavily inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so, like, that, to me, would be the go-to comparison, but not, again, not saying you're wrong with Saw. Um, but, yeah, no, I absolutely love this. Uh, this, again, was, this was one where I remember being on the internet forever trying to get made uh like it it couldn't find a home at a distributor because it was too dark and violent and and all of these things and studios didn't want to take a chance on it and then finally it got picked up and then it um it was still too violent and gory and they had to chop it down because it kept getting classified as nc-17 uh and finally when it did come out oh boy i loved it absolutely loved it um and i still do i don't think it is the greatest film but um it is certainly a great horror film and uh it also introduced me to a lot of these actors who are um you know character actors that have had careers that i don't think i ever was fully aware of so like perfect example is sid haig right he's been in a million movies and uh, most of them not big time movies. Um, but now when I see that he's in there, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I watched some movie on mystery science theater 3000, a couple weeks ago when he was in it. And I was like, Oh, that's great. Uh, he was one of the Joker's goons in the 89 Batman. Didn't realize it until much later in life. Um, so it's really cool kind of seeing all these character actors, um, who, who it's like, oh yeah, and now they're in leading parts? That's fantastic. Karen Allen as Mama, uh, or not Karen Allen, uh, Karen Black. <laughs> Karen Allen from Karen Raiders. Allen. Not, she went from not Raiders me. to this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but Karen Black is another uh, character actor, and she was Mama Firefly in this. 
Um, excellent choice. I do agree. Devil's Rejects, um, by far the superior movie. Um, and that's one that I would struggle previously to call horror, although I think I'm comfortable now placing it as horror. But, um, but yeah, it's just, man, two, two really great movies. And for those to be, I think, both his first two movies, um, or at least House of a Thousand Corpses was, was Zombies first. It was very promising at the time. Um, and some avant-garde stuff in there, too. Kind of music video-esque uh, in some of the scenes and shots and editing. Uh, Three from Hell, the final film in the trilogy, I've only watched once, and it's, and I think, I don't remember if Sid Haig was in it. I think he was briefly in it, but it was, like, right before he passed, so there wasn't a ton that they shot with him. Yeah, I think he's, I didn't see Three from Hell, but I remembered him being in, like, the marketing and and somewhat in it. Um, Yeah, but I don't think he was in in it too much. I don't know. Um, But love this. Love this choice. (laughs) Hair. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I mean, you guys can just skip me on this one. Uh, I don't care for Rob Zombie movies. Uh, I'll never forgive him for making me watch The Monsters. Uh, this type of movie. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that. This oh type my God. of movie is not up my alley at all. Um, but I'm happy for you guys that you guys um, can share the love for it. So, uh, yeah, Zero Desire, never will watch it. Uh, uh, yeah. You've seen Devil's Rejects, though, right? No. Okay. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> good story. All right, we got that. All right, Harry, what do you got for your first pick? Uh, yeah, so I'll go in chronological order, but I'll go the opposite way. So, uh, just just for fun, since uh, Greg's going the the uh, the other way, um, and I'm going to go with uh, 2022's Barbarian. Um, this uh, movie is about a woman staying in an Airbnb, discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. Um, man, oh man, is this movie uh a lot of uh, a lot of fun and a great thrill ride. Uh this was directed by Zach Kreger, uh who I don't think has done too much else. He's done some stuff in the world of TV, but um I wouldn't say since this movie he's put his name on a, on a lot of things. Um it stars uh Georgina Campbell, uh Bill Sarsgaard and Justin Long. Um man oh man, is this movie uh, a lot of fun. I don't want to speak too much about it if you've never seen it because Similar to some other movies that we talked with, this movie uh, throws throws a curveball at you at some point. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about Scream um, with kind of the first, you know, 15 minutes. And uh, if you don't know the twist in Barbarian, I, I won't I will uh, I will let you figure it out. But uh, it what works so well about it is that, you know, you guys have talked about, you know, the classics, you know, uh, as far as like you know, what, what things were back then, or, Hey, you know, Jaws came out and people were afraid to swim in the ocean. Uh, you know, and with this, you know, we, we have a play on the Airbnb world. Um, so that's something new that, you know, I, I think is, you know, I guess possibly the best Airbnb movie. I, you know, as far as horror is concerned, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's others, but, um, this movie is a ton of fun. Bill Sarsgaard is great in it. Uh, Justin Long is, uh, he's interesting to say the least. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the less I, I say about this movie, uh, the better, um, just try to check it out. If you haven't seen it. it's on Hulu and also on max, um, pop, I, I saw your letterbox score on this when I was, when I was going through. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts? And we'll toss it to, uh, to hands. Yeah. Um, so bon- barbarian is a movie where I really 
I stayed away from all marketing, not intentionally, but this one just kind of snuck up on me. And then when I started hearing word of mouth about how good it was, then I intentionally stayed away from marketing. And um, it's pretty wild because as I'm going through and watching the movie, I don't think I ever fully saw what was coming at any point. Like every single time you think you have an idea of where this is going, it takes the hardest left turn. Um, And it's, it, it works to its benefit. So yeah, in a rare, in a rare example of a spoiler-free review, um, I'm not going to go too much into it either, but it is fantastic. Definitely a, a great modern horror movie. Um, yes, great. And uh, man, it's uh, it's it's kind of mind-blowing. Um, one thing I will add to, to what you said, Justin Long, dude, I feel like... I feel like that dude does not get enough work. I need to see him in more stuff. I mm. look and you know maybe he does he had get a pigeon. Uh, did he? I mean, he had a few. He had like movies. that, like early two thousands run. He I was in a. Know. He was like, I don't know. He had like he did, he had that rom com run. Yeah, I feel like he did a couple movies and then just disappeared, and then yeah, we fair. see him sporadically now. But like, and. And sure, a lot of times he does play the same type of character, but I don't think I've ever seen him in a performance where I was like, boo, get off the stage. Like, he, <laughs> I really enjoy everything that he performs in, and whatever he's in, he gives it his all and uh, and does a great job. So I don't know. Look, I don't know if we'll ever get him in Hamlet, uh, per se, but like, just give me give me some more Justin, because I'm, I'm all about him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, two things about him, because uh, I have not seen the Barbarian. When you first put this on your list, I thought you this would have been related to the Northman, which is not mm. what we're talking about. Um, Barbarian, I think I've heard about it, uh, but now it's on streaming. It's right up my alley, so I don't have to leave the house to watch it. Um, <laughs> is it is it like scary or is it like more like psychological thriller? Like, is it more twisted? Like, Bro, is it scary? Every movie, no, is I wouldn't scary? say scary, but like, all right, like I said, it, there's like, there's returns. Like, there's there's possession type and supernatural oh, scary. Yeah. No, or is it like bloody gory you, scary? I I do not think that you will be scared by this, but I do think you will enjoy it and have a good time. Yeah, I okay. feel like it's right up the what the heck did I just watch Chris Hanratty Alley? Um, yeah, as far as being uh, thrown off, so okay. Um, and on a Justin Justin Long, um, this is going to be the second episode in a row that I will make this reference. His best character. Is of course his very short role in uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Randy um, Saint Randy as Brandy Brandon Saint Randy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, which is it. Brandon Saint Randy. Uh, if you have not Fair seen enough. that movie, I'm I'm gonna try and get a string it together of how many times I can reference that movie from here on out. If I can do it on every episode before the end of the year, um, it is fantastic, and he's one of the funniest characters in that movie. Uh, I agree. He's a, he's a good actor too. He is more of a character actor, but if he can get away like doing some of these offshoot like like horror movies like this, and I know he was in that weirdo Kevin Smith. I think it was Kevin Smith Tusk movie. Yep, mm-hmm. um, and a couple other things. But I guy's got talent. Uh, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's a bad actor. I just think he he needs that one that role just to push him through. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, we'll get him in some King Lear or something. You gotta get him in the MCU. Um, <laughs> Last place he needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. 
Back to me. I am going to go with one that I am sure, similar to Jaws, everybody has seen at some point. Um, but that is the indie. Yes, I said indie classic. Halloween, 1978. Ooh. Directed by John Carpenter, starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, so it's very interesting because even though, you know, watched the Halloween, um, the the recent Halloween trilogy, I'm not a huge fan of the Halloween franchise. I think, um, one and two, and actually, you know, I'll throw in three too, even though three's unrelated to Michael Myers, the first three movies, good to great. Um, the first Rob Zombie movie, okay. Uh, and then everything else is really just, uh, um, not big on Michael Myers either. As far as slashers go, he's one of my least favorite slasher guys. But all wow. that to say, this movie made the list because it is so iconic. And um, it was a huge hit for being an indie film made on a shoestring budget and um, did not get a wide release initially. Um, really out there stuff with some some POV camera work, especially behind a mask. Uh, the score, also done by the director, John Carpenter, tremendous, iconic, instantly recognizable to this day, um, and also very, uh, very good at putting in a mood. Um, I also, so I actually rewatched this one in preparation for this episode, and um, it had been a couple years since I've seen it, but I, I forgot like how lightning quick it moves to. Like, there's really no fat when it comes to this movie they just get right into it and i appreciate that especially for a horror movie i don't always need and especially a, a slasher horror movie at that i don't need a ton of backstory or setup or all this stuff like they gave me the meat and potatoes and then it's straight into all right this guy's on a rampage um again in the context of the time very unique donald pleasance absolutely love him as uh dr loomis and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, very, very great in that final girl role. Um, you know, very sweet, maybe not necessarily perfect, but, you know, good, good girl. And uh, good to see that she survives. Spoiler alert. So, um, yeah, the OG Halloween just tops for me. Absolutely great. Um, Hans, have you seen this film? I have. I actually saw this at a at a regular point in my life, not later in life. Um, hey. So I saw it. Uh, I remember watching this for the first time. I think we had a sleepover at my house, um, and some of all, like all the all all our uh, friends came over and watched. This was one of them. I forget what the other movie was, but it was I, this is when Easter. I first saw. It. it was it was three <laughs> days ago. It was three days ago. It was all Finn's friends, and I came over and showed them Halloween. Um, hey kids, would you yeah, watch it, a movie? <laughs> I, yeah, I um, I this is a uh, this is weird for me because I I normally like slasher movies. I feel like they're all the same for me, um, like Jason, Freddy, uh, whatever ones that are Michael Myers or mm-hmm. not Freddy. Um, like it just yeah, Freddy's How right. many times can you kill the same guy? And they just and how slow are they moving? But they're really as fast as they're moving. And you know, apparently they're just because they're evil and then evil dying and. and evil dies tonight and evil never dies oh, yeah. evil, evil never dies and evil <laughs> dies tonight and just I, um i was i think at the time i i did like halloween and it, and it it really it 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 
did its job in scaring me. Um, I, I just, I think after that, because at that time I've seen Friday the 13th before that and all 100 of them movies, of those movies that they have. But I, I do agree there is like, there is a tenseness because it's a very, and I can't speak for like Friday 13th movies or any other, there's like slasher movies, but this is very small scale where it just kind of, Michael's just trying to, you know, get to, get to, get to, uh, what's the name of the street? Oh man. Um, well, Haddonfield. Or Haddonfield, Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. They get to Haddonfield and just like, he's trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis. And, you know, at the same time, he like breaks out of a mental hospital. Like there's a cool, it, it's, there's a subplot of this movie that I'm interested in outside of just a slasher coming and trying to kill people for ritualistic reasons or just because the you know, it just there you're actually interested in the Michael Myers, Michael, Michael Myers character outside of just being a slash like a, like a murderer. Um, Jamie Lee Hurst is greatness. Um, why can I not think of, and if you mentioned, I'm sorry, um, Dr. Loomis was, um, was his, Yes, I mixed him up with um the guy from uh the new Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween, and I cannot think of who. I, uh, who I, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm Malcolm, yeah. Um, I I just think like the performances are 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 really good in this, and it just it keeps you interested. And it's a shame that you know they made like seven or eight, uh, ten more of these movies because they just they all became the same, and then they tried to redo it, and that <laughs> failed miserably. Um. So, uh, in my, in my mind, there's only one Halloween movie and this is, this is it. Uh, I'll skip the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Halloween is, as Greg mentioned, you know, the reason why it's on here, I kind of blame Greg for not having it on the original list, but, uh, as he mentioned, he's not a huge fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, it kind of has that, um, you know, obviously it's a classic, uh, you know, I can only imagine back in 78 when this movie came out and probably some parents thought like, it's not safe to, you know, leave your doors open or, you know, your neighborhood maybe isn't as friendly as it was, or, you know, probably turning into the eighties and being like, there's psychos out there like Michael Myers. Um, I guess the see that from, yeah, from some, some uneducated people. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I could take it or leave it on Halloween. It's not my, um, favorite franchise, uh, either. Uh, you know, I think the, the original is a classic, but it is kind of hard I don't want to say it is a little dated at this point. I mean, we're talking 45 years or so since this movie, maybe even more. Um, if I'm, if my math is incorrect, I apologize. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, um, again, I could, I could take it or leave it with the Halloween franchise. It's not one of my, uh, one of my favorites, nor one of my, uh, you know, feared, uh, I guess, you know, as far as that, I was more scared of, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger, uh, and if that's the case, so. Mm. Okay. Fair. Hands, what do you got for us next, baby? All right. Uh, I'm going to go 1988 Child's Play, um, directed by, and just before I say this, it is not the same one you're thinking of, Tom Holland. Oh. Uh, found that out in a little bit of my research. It's not the same Tom Holland from the MCU. Or, and, and Crazy. He shot this in between filming No yeah. Way Home. He was, and, and also before he was in the womb, um, he <laughs> somehow figured out how to direct before he was even planned. Uh, good on him. The kid can do everything. Um, this is the uh, the infamous Chucky, um, Chucky slasher movie uh, where the consciousness of a serial killer gets uploaded. Sorry, not uploaded. That's a tar. That's uh, eighty eight. Yeah, they didn't I say think uploaded. That's fair. <laughs> gets transferred uh, mm-hmm. through mystical pa- mystical ways into um, a Chucky doll, which is you know big toy at the time. He a is given to doll. a good guy doll. 
He is given to a little boy. And what do you think happens? Anytime a psycho a psycho killer gets put into the body of a doll, doll tries to kill everyone and go nuts. Um, this I saw, it came out in 88. So I saw probably around like eight or nine years old. Uh, since then, uh, you know, that it, it put the fear of toys coming to life and seeing like the possibility of, you know, at when you're young, your mind's free and you think anything's real and magic's real. Um, <clears throat> the fact that they turned a doll and a toy into a sadistic killer is, is really scary. Uh, also with that, he also has the language of a serial killer. So hearing toys drop F-bombs and, you know, say things that dolls shouldn't uh, and a, the, a nine-year-old shouldn't hear. Um, kind of, you know, there was probably another one where I traumatized me where I don't like dolls now. Um, but it, it, it the, the, for, the unfortunate thing about Child's Play, it kind of, it, it fell into more of a, I think the first movie has some comedic elements with Chucky because he's a, a basically a psychopathic maniac. And then it moved to the point where now they have a series on some uh, Quibi or whatever series or Peacock or whatever it is, uh, like a Chucky series. But it got it got it turned more from com it turned more from scary to comedy because once they start doing like Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky, it just became it was funny. It, it really just became a comedic movie. Like it wasn't scary anymore. They found but out I think that the they could they found out they, that they could make these movies for cheap and make a nice nice return on the box office. Yeah. Um, I, I remember too. I remember they would kill when they would open up and they like, I think it was like Bride of Chucky was like no big when it came out and it just like, it was, yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I remember just the scaring the hell out of me as, as, as a young one. Um, this is one of the horror movies I did see when I was before the age of 10. Um, but, mm. and I don't think my pair, I don't think my brothers forced me to see this one. I think I probably saw it. I think I was over a friend's house and we watched it. Um, but just the thought of your toys coming to life, and then not only just coming to life. It's this isn't Toy Story. They are doing the dolls from a, 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 a serial killer that are going to try and kill you. Uh, it just you know, I think it's it's scary. It's still something that I know is not real, but when you think about it, it's just the thought of that. If that ever happened, it's just game over. I would just lay down there and be like, just get it over with. I'm not running from you. So, yeah, that's yeah. If, if, if that if that if it ever comes to that. So, um, Harry, this is an old one. Have you seen this? I have. Yeah, actually, I, I have. Uh, surprisingly enough, I'm um, shocked. Yeah, Child's Play. Uh, definitely a movie. If, as you mentioned, if you see too young, definitely you're going to start looking at either your, your siblings' dolls or your own, uh, you know, room of toys a little differently. Um, I think uh, this 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 little person, uh, as far as uh, a creepy doll didn't scare me uh all that much but it definitely as you mentioned chris i saw it a little too young so i was spooked for for a little while uh until you realize i could just punt him and just run um you know when we talk about realistic you know uh horror tropes when we talk about halloween uh there's some in this where it's like yeah i could just like i don't know maybe you know grab you with two hands and, and just hold you hold you from a distance put them um, in a box and ship them back to Coles. Yeah, exactly. Is there a return policy on this? <laughs> um so yeah, this this is a lot of fun and like you said I think it's uh I think it's something that, you know, really works from the aspect of that, you know, this is a a psychotic, you know, killer who ends up taking the mind over of Chucky. So, um yeah, solid solid choice for for the horror genre. Again, another surprise that I was surprised we didn't have on our original list. 
Um, for me, Child's Play, it's interesting because it is a, a famous slasher franchise, but I actually, admittedly, it's slightly a blind spot in my, um, in my movie, uh, knowledge. Um, I've, I've seen all of them up through Seed of Chucky. So that was the last one I saw, but I've only seen each of them like once. And they've been years since I've seen any of them. Uh, I think they made a couple after Seed and um, didn't see those. I did see the remake from, I think, 2019 with uh, Aubrey Plaza, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. It was slightly forgettable. Um, yeah. You know, nothing, nothing major there. Uh, but I've actually heard rave reviews about the TV show and they must be doing something right if they keep getting renewed. So there is that, um, as far as the original child's play from what I remember, um, yeah, very, very cool, very creepy. Um, definitely probably the high point, uh, when it comes to killer doll movies, right? This, (laughs) this would be the emblem or the icon. Um, one thing, and maybe Maybe you mentioned it, Hands. I don't remember, but um, Brad Dourif as the voice of Chucky. I love Brad Dourif, and he's hmm. another guy where, like, you know, doesn't you don't see him in a ton of leading roles, but always knocks it out of the park. I mean, great, great character actor, been around forever. Uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest, Child's Play, Lord of the Rings. Um, Exorcist 3, which I mentioned in my our, our previous Fave 5 horror. I mean, he's just done a ton of stuff and just absolutely stellar work. I love Brad Dourif. So uh, he really brought Charles Lee Ray, a.k.a. Chucky, to life in this and, uh, you know, continued to do so for many years. So kudos to the man, Brad. Um, but yeah, I mean, this I, I definitely want to go back and rewatch all these films. Um, just got to figure out where and how is the best way to do that. But a uh, solid pick. Really, really Tom. excited to see this. Tom Holland's best work. Hmm. <laughs> Young Tom, Timothy Holland. Uh, Harry, what do you got for us next? Yeah. So next up for me, uh, keeping it uh, in order uh, is Jordan Peele's 2017 masterpiece. Get out. Um, you can currently watch this on Netflix or Peacock. Uh, this also won uh, Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. We talked a little bit about how um, horror films don't really get recognized uh, as much. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, this stars Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, it also has Allison Williams uh, as his girlfriend. Uh, Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener play the parents of uh, of Allison Williams. And Allison Williams has kind of been uh, a little bit of a, after run on girls, she's kind of become a little bit of a, I guess, a horror treat. Um, in regards to uh, Megan uh, out recently, so uh, I guess a solid horror pick. And uh, another shout out to uh, in this movie, uh, Lil Rel Howery. Um, and basically, the premise of Get Out, if you're if you're unfamiliar, is um, a young African American visits his white girlfriend's parents uh, for the weekend, where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. Um, this movie uh, is a great trailer, definitely a surprise, especially if you are familiar with Jordan Peele's comedy um, and how smart and how uh, insanely uh, incredible this movie is, as far as keeping the tension high. Uh, Lil Rel Howery, I think plays the pseudo audience member uh, or 
you know, um, kind of just calling some things out uh, when Daniel Kaluuya is heading uh, over to to visit his girlfriend's uh, parents' house. Um, it's a very smart and clever horror film. Uh, there's a little bit of mystery and thriller in here, which uh, I tech I really like when it comes to horror films. I like not knowing, um, you know, and how things unfold towards the end. Um, this movie, um, you know. I talk about it a lot, but there are rare instances in a movie theater where you can be on a, you know, Wednesday night and you have a sold out show. Um, this was one of those times for me. I remember, you know, I wasn't seeing a such offbeat showtime of a Wednesday night, but I remember going and, and being in a packed house with this and the audience participation in this is, uh, it was just fantastic. Um, it deserves all the, uh, you know, awards that it got as far as, uh, you know, best original screenplay. Um, and I think it's a, it's a really, really great horror film, especially if you're looking for something a little, I would say a little bit smarter or a little bit trying to be over the top um, in regards to horror, not, not as far as barbarian, but uh, definitely, you know, keeps you guessing and also has some pretty out, outlandish and outrageous moments as well. And get out. So uh, 2017's get out is my choice. Uh, Papa, I'll throw it to you. Uh, for your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, so little bit of an admission here. I, I have seen this, but only once I actually, mm. I heard great things. So when it hit Blu-ray, I bought it and uh, watched it, loved it. Um, but I, I have been meaning uh, to do a rewatch of this like imminently. So I will probably pop that in, but everything that you said, definitely rings true um i actually forgot about Lorel uh howery doing um kind of like somewhat comedic relief um in his role totally yeah. forgot about that but it, yeah it was it was on point um chris what are you doing why are you going there <laughs> i don't like this man <laughs> the uh bradley whitford and Catherine keener um just uh perfectly cast and daniel kalua this might I saw him. I can't remember if I saw For this sure. or Black Panther Force first. But um yeah, dude, Jordan Peele busted out onto the scene with this. And um it you know what? It actually kind of plays very much like an M Night movie, but I would say elevated. Mm. Um yeah. I think uh there's there's definitely a kind of a mystery at the center of it, and then when that twist happens or it's revealed uh things kind of turn on their head and then stuff really hits the fan so um really great choice i had considered putting this on my list as well but because i've only seen it once i didn't want to you know i didn't want to say oh yeah it's one of my faves but uh but yeah excellent pick Thanks, thanks. I was going to say, and too, Daniel Kaluuya cannot uh, do much more than what he does with his eyes in this movie of just either yeah. looks or stares or just kind of, you know, being like, what was that? Um, he's just such an amazing actor, and I can't wait to watch him and more stuff. But hands, get out, 2017, Jordan Peele's masterpiece thoughts. I've seen one clip of this and nice. this movie, and it was the one where um, the one guy's running towards the <laughs> – he's just right, running towards yeah. the camera i don't know why that's the funniest scene i don't know i i don't know the context of that or what's happening but it's just funny because mm. he's like running like forrest gump through the camera at the camera and it, just makes a, out. and it just banks it left and then that's it right, um, well, i've that's never seen uh, I, I don't 
I don't know anything about them. Like, what was this one? This one, nope, and them was that the other one? Us. Or us, 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 them. Uh, the, the pronoun movie. Um, I have not. I, I, I just haven't. I don't know why. Um, you just say yeah, you hate his work, I, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't say I hate it because I haven't seen it. I, I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna that. rip on something. It's just the interest. I mean, I don't know whether or not it's because I'm not like interested in modern horror with some things. So maybe like I don't know, but I, I, I guess I don't know. Maybe I should check it out. I, I've heard people say it's not scary, but I guess it's like how you interpret it. It's one of those movies that there's that, uh, definitely a deeper meaning behind it than there's only there's only one way to find out, and that's to watch it. Oh man! All right, what's it on? <laughs> On uh, I believe I said uh, it was on Netflix and Netflix. Uh, Hulu, I think, or Netflix and okay. Peacock. My apologies. So yeah. both streams. I have one there. of them. Okay. I'll give you the All login. Right, well, the that's your stuff. homework, Hans. You got to dive into Jordan yeah. Peele's your side deep, quest. Deep three film filmography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know how um, long it'll take me. Yeah. Watch Captain Marvel. It's been out for five years. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on back to me. Um, get ready with the counter, Harry, because we're moving into the 80s, baby. Shocker. With 1981's The Evil Dead, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell and Ellen Sandweiss. So um, The Evil Dead is very interesting because uh, it's got three movies and in in the original trilogy and uh they progressively move further and further away from horror with each one but the first film is just straight up all horror i mean there's a few light-hearted moments as every horror movie has but um but yeah stuff hits the fan very very gory lots of bodily fluid um it got Stephen King's stamp of approval when it came out. Uh, literally, there there were scenes made. Um, oh God, I read a, a making of book years ago, and um, just gallons and gallons of blood used, uh, which they used taro syrup dyed red, so it would turn super hard and, and freeze. And basically, like if you've ever felt what hard honey is like. <laughs> imagine that it just it gets everywhere and you can't get it out but uh fake blood aside um the horror in this movie tremendous um a movie about demonic possession some fine teenagers stuck in the woods in a cabin and uh coming to grips with their numbers slowly dwindling as this evil uh entity closes in on them um really well done this um I think I don't know if this was I want to say this was Sam Raimi's first big directorial effort. He had actually directed a um like a uh, a shorter version of this movie um as like a a school project and then um actually scrounged up the funding to make uh, a big screen full length feature film for the evil dead and uh boy what a what a way to burst on the scene um he also had kind of like a friendly rivalry with Wes Craven where they would put um each other's movies uh or posters playing somewhere in their movies uh, kind of like a, as a little one-upsmanship uh which was fun but um but yeah the evil dead tremendous i'm happy that the franchise um 
isn't being left to rot and that there is a resurgence with it. Loved Evil Dead Rise um, and the Evil Dead reboot a couple years ago was pretty good. So good stuff here. But um, one other thing, too. uh, So this has Bruce Campbell, which I think also maybe marked his burst onto the scene in, in terms of theatrical films. Bruce Campbell, super charismatic guy. Um, you don't get the full scope of his personality in this film as opposed to the later Evil Dead films, but um, but you you definitely see that Riz on display, and uh, uh, he's he's excellent. Nice. Always a good time to watch. So yeah, Evil Dead, uh, tremendous film. Um, Hair, have you seen this? No, this is another one that I would categorize in the Thousand Corpses. Uh, that oh, okay. um, I mean, I've seen Army of Darkness. That's the one with the chainsaw arm, right? Yeah, that's the third one in the trilogy. Yeah. But yeah, that's more I, um, like action. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and I saw Evil Dead Rises with you, and uh, I'll yeah. be honest: if you've seen the trailer, you've seen that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, not a huge fan. Um, this type of movie, you know, uh, just when I was looking it up after I saw it was on your list, uh, just to remind myself of which one this was. And obviously the first one, um, yeah, just not a, not a huge guy in, in this, uh, category. So, uh, maybe one day you'll convince me, maybe the one day I'll get sucked in. Uh, but I did, I think I did like the one evil dead with the, uh, the cabin, um, and the, uh, the it's blood, all in, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say the the blood rain. I think that one was pretty sick uh, as far as having a cool moment. But yeah, that was that's, the that's what I got. Yeah. Those are, that's my review of the Evil Dead franchise. So <laughs> I think I like the one with the thing. <laughs> hey, I was trying to remember the blood rain, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's all Thanks good. Help me I think there. again. So you know, as a, a a bit of a cinema fanatic, I would say maybe check this out because of its. Um, mark as sam raimi's intro and you know he's he's got a lot of uh very interesting techniques on display there is some cheese also it's not you're not gonna be terrified of this or jumping out of your seat but um but yeah i don't know uh hands have you seen the evil dead uh this was that other movie i've seen um that i told you when my friends slept over my house they brought evil dead uh i haven't seen it since i was 13 so i don't really is this this has the necronomicon it does. The, all right. See, I got, I know some stuff in it. Hey, um, my guy. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Uh, I, I don't know too much about uh, my my knowledge of uh, of uh, Evil Dead. Like Harry, is probably very low. Uh, and I thought Army. I thought he had a chainsaw arm in all of the Evil Dead movies, not Army of Darkness. Um, so does it too? Also, just not this one. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought Army of Darkness. Uh, well, I thought Army of Darkness. I didn't actually know. Thinking now, actually thinking out loud, didn't know that Army Darkness was connected to Evil Dead. I just thought they were like one of those like somewhat shared universe type movies where like you know, um, I didn't know it was a direct sequel to Evil Dead. I don't know. Uh, I'm probably more interested in, in in the third one with it being more geared towards action. Uh, as I said, I'm not into the supernatural, demonic kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, sounds interesting enough. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. Uh, I never saw Evil Dead 2, so maybe if I get get the urge to watch Evil Dead 2, I'll do the one first. I think, yeah, I think you would really like Evil Dead 2. It's very much um, a horror comedy mix and a lot of um, 
Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell's humor uh, or comedy stylings come directly from like the Three Stooges. So very like slapsticky, which okay. I'm sure you think wouldn't jive with horror, but they make it work. Um, and you definitely get to see more of the Ash, you know, from Army of Darkness in Evil Dead 2. So I think I think okay. Evil Dead 2 would be up your alley. Do I have to see two to see one? No. So it's interesting because two, they say two is a sequel to the first one, but it's actually kind of a remake. So it's like exact same circumstances as the first one, but they never referenced the first one. So it's, it's effectively a remake. Um, Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Interesting. Uh, Hans, what do you got for us next? All right, I got 1987, I, and I mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show last week or off air. 1987's Monster Squad. Uh, I don't care what IMDb says. This is a horror <laughs> movie. Uh, it's got horror elements to it. It's got Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, who, who else? This is basically the Avengers version Swamp of Monsters. <laughs> is it Swamp Thing? The creature from the Black Lagoon. The creature from the uh, – uh, Swamp is Thing a is a superhero, my guy. <laughs> You know what I meant? Is it is a lagoon considered a swamp? Sure, no, it's a lagoon. Yeah. It's a swamp. He's a swamp thing. Um, creature from the he's uh, yeah, a swamp whatever. thing. He's, he's a, a man thing. thing. Uh, he's a man thing. Um, yeah, uh, a werewolf. Uh, it's this is actually like this could be basically like a, a, a horror version of the Goonies. So um, all these all these horror icons band together. Uh, to open up a portal that would basically send evil out into the world, um, and and a group of kids has to stop it. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of cool. Um, you know, we talked to, uh, recently. We talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula. You get some some Van Helsing type characters that are in there. Um, you get some actual a lot of prosthetics uh, and and uh, and some uh, some. Effects are are kind of kind of little. I'm trying to think how they're, they're a little goofy, but uh, it's the '80s. Um, they ain't high budget. We'll say they that. ain't high. Yeah, they're not high budget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, some of the even like the the the, the costume designs on this, it's great. There there is some there are some images, especially with um, Wolfman and um, and Dracula, that are are really are really scary for a, a child to watch. Um, I, this is probably one of the earliest movies I remember watching. Um, and even though this is probably my brothers who are six and nine years older than me would laugh at because there is a lot of comedic elements in this movie, um, are pretty terrifying. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, um, something up there where it's, it's it definitely a darker version of the Goonies. It's not all comedy, but there are like the last third of the movie is, is pretty, is pretty wild. Um, I, I just, you know, so there's really, I mean, thinking of some of the famous people that are in this movie, um, I, I, the only person I can think of off the top of my head going into is the, um, the older brother from the Wonder Years, uh, who, um, who plays EJ. Uh, if I can't think of anyone else that's in this movie, um, but it's, it's definitely, um, a, a cult classic. I guess that you can put it into the cult classic, um, oh, sure. type of movie because it's not a well-known movie, but to, a lot of people in the horror horror world and and even science fiction world, it's it's something that a lot of people would love that if they uh, 
they revisit not necessarily like this would this would be great for a mystery science theater type like riff i feel like that it's that type of movie um but yeah I, it's a lot there's actually some good act like some like it's not high budget action but some pretty good action in it um but yeah i i, I recommend checking it out if you haven't um I, I feel like greg that you have seen it harry what are we going where's what's our record right now you've 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 checked this movie out at some point in your life no, I've never seen Monster Squad. It's a uh, eighty. It's what did you say? Eighty-seven. I'm sure it's great. Um, eighty-five. Eighty-seven. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Eighty-seven. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a no go for me on on Monster Squad. I'm sorry to say. I think you should check it out. This film uh, is a hundred percent not a Harry movie. He would give yeah. this one nanosecond of thought and move on. <laughs> I was uh I, I watched the trailer um a little bit uh and yeah I'm gonna say uh <laughs> he couldn't even he only could only watch gotta, a little, I gotta little be honest trailer. I gotta be honest you described it a little bit as like the Goonies I'm not a huge Goonies guy I get it uh kids are, were cool in the 80s and went on adventures um yeah no I think this is uh yeah this isn't my bag uh I'm gonna have to pass to to Bob on this who probably has some love to share about the Monster Squad. And uh, IMDb does carry it as a, as a horror uh, as really? well. So yeah. I thought I checked very, it. It's a horror. Very end. Very end. All right. Interesting. I, no, I got action, comedy, fantasy. And and horror. And you I still included it anyway. And I still included it anyway. <laughs> he said he didn't care. Um, so. no I rules. defended it. Yeah, I, I made my case. I have so much love for the Monster Squad. So interesting story with this. Um, number one. Every weekend, uh, my parents would take me to rent VHSs, videotapes. Kids, ask your parents what they are um, from a video store. Uh, yes, you would pay to rent the movies. And very often, my choice or my selection would be either the Transformers, the movie, or Monster Squad. And boy, a, a group of kids... Facing off against, you know, iterations of like the universal classic monsters. You couldn't tell me nothing, dude. Like I, this was in my bag. Totally love this movie so much. And then, um, as I got older and started collecting, uh, movies on my own, whether VHS or DVD, whatever, uh, this movie was really hard to find for quite a while. Like I feel like it kind of, faded from public consciousness and it wasn't a widely circulated vhs so it was tough to find that way and then it took quite a few years before it released on dvd so there was that and to be honest i i gotta check i don't know that it's even been released on blu-ray um i have it it's on blu-ray oh oh awesome they re-released it i I feel like in the past 10 years or something they re-released it Guess um, what I'm looking up on Amazon after we're done. <laughs> so I can bring it. I, I I can let you borrow it if you want it. No, no, it I need be, to add to my collection. I need right. to add it. My I have it as a DVD, but I need to upgrade. Um, okay. So yeah, Monster Squad. I have so much love for this, and it has been a couple years since I have watched it, so I do need to rewatch it again. But uh, yeah, it's weird because I'm not a Goonies guy. I didn't see Goonies when I was a kid, but I saw Monster Squad and uh, fell in love. Um, Hair, totally not your type of movie, like I said, but um, it's it's got some, we'll on some great one. action, comedy, adventure, and sure, horror elements to it. So. 
Uh, Harry, what do you got next for us? Yeah, uh, next film on my list is 2015's uh, The Witch or The Witch. Uh, Robert Eggers is The Witch. <laughs> um, this is one of those early A24 movies that I saw um, that really uh, got me into the brand, I guess you could say. Uh, basically, The Witch is about a family in the 1630s. New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Um the movie stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, it also have, has uh, Ralph Inson in it. Uh, you might know his voice a little bit um, as opposed to maybe the actor. Uh, I will say uh, this movie uh, really works a lot better at home with subtitles. Uh, it is some thick, uh, historically accurate, from what I could tell, uh, New England folktale accents. Um, but man, does this movie, I thought this movie was totally not be my bag. And then, I uh, remember, uh, some of the reviews coming out for it, uh, and they were pretty well received. And, uh, I really, uh, enjoyed the movie when I saw it. Um, it really is a slow burn that kind of picks up and kind of leaves you wondering what's going to happen next or what's going to happen next to this family. Um, you know, who, who, how is this happening to them? Uh, highly recommend only an hour and a half. Um, like I said, it's by Robert Eggers who did, uh, most, I guess, famously the Northman recently, but he was also a part of the lighthouse. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, check this out if you haven't, or if you're into old, you know, folktale horror, you know, bewitching and all that stuff. So, uh, this one slaps and shout out on your tail of joy. She's on my list twice. So good for her. Uh, I oh. have not. Yeah, I, I was going to throw it to Greg. It's so all wait, good. Wait. It's so all good. I, let's go back to when this movie came out. I gave it maybe about two – like two years after. There was a lot of uh, – this was one of those movies where like – I don't think it like killed it at the box office. But there was a lot of – like a lot of people were recommending it and saying how great it is. Yeah. And I, I think this came out – what was that other – that M. Night Shyamalan movie that came out with the kids? Um, Grandma's uh, House? The Visit. The Visit. No, not Grandma's oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandma's that's house. it. The grandma's house. Um, grandma's boy. <laughs> grandma's boy. Um, I um I I got mixed up with that, and I forget what year that came out. If it was close to it, and I feel like I it was. I thought the visit was, um, the witch. So I ended up watching the visit, and it wasn't the witch, and I got really mm. confused. Um, but they both came out in twenty fifteen. Um, I, I I always I I still hear people talk about how good this movie is. Um, Anya Taylor Joy. I, I don't know if you like it to be honest. I might. We'll see. I know you're a big Anya Taylor Joy person. Um, she's married, so it's okay. That's that's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about this where like people have I, I outside. I know you've recommended this to me at some point. Like I think back probably back in like 2015, 2016. But um, I've heard other people since then have talked about it in terms of like horror movies, like and, and I that they've talked this up. So it's definitely on that like deep down backlog list that I've seen it on like streaming services and I all I had to do is click play and I just haven't yet. So um yeah, but it's somewhere on my on my list. All right. Greg. Thanks thanks for that review. Uh, Greg. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because I know I watched this I thought recently and I just checked wow. my review on Letterboxd. And I watched it out of all dates one year ago to date. Nice. Uh, October 11th, 2022, I watched it. 
um which wow time flies but uh yeah absolutely love this um you know i i wanted to dive into some more a24 stuff and uh you know i'm always down for a good horror so i had heard good things i figured let me check this out did not disappoint um absolutely love the vibe the mood black philip he's the goat mm. <laughs> um, literally uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. And Anya Taylor Joy, I think um, initially I was not over the moon with some of her performances. Like, don't ask me in what specifically, but this movie turned me around on her. This and the menu, and I I really kind of started digging her work. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what nice. else I can add, but uh, but this is a tremendous film. Her absolutely right with uh needing subtitles i mean we're in Sheesh. 1600s england so get ready but um Father. but yeah fantastic movie okay thanks uh <laughs> yeah. on to the next one <laughs> all right so we're taking it back uh to me and we're staying in the 80s and we're Mark going down, with folks. 19 19- Yes, 1982's The Thing, directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, and Keith David. And boy, oh boy, um, tremendous. Another tremendous movie that I absolutely love. Um, Equal parts sci-fi and horror, really. Um, But just very... Um, for those that haven't seen the movie, there's, you know, a, a, an alien stalking um, this crew of um, scientists or explorers at an outpost in um, the Arctic and uh, paranoia and isolation and all of these things start to set in because this alien, this thing uh, can blend in with creature or um, with organisms so the the mood and and like i said the the paranoia and the tension just outstanding um practical effects off the charts like the the creature work and and the effects work in this is amazing you will see some stuff in here that you won't see anywhere else to this day um just tremendous uh I watched the, I think it was 2011 prequel, also titled The Thing, recently, and um, they do the creature work as CGI, and it just does not hit the same. Um, But yeah, uh, just everything great in here. Look, there's a reason that they call John Carpenter the master of horror. I have Halloween on here, now I have The Thing on my list, and uh, this is a phenomenal movie, and not for nothing, but uh, Kurt Russell, Giga Chad in this, like he just uh, absolute alpha vibes, and uh, his look is to die for. So, yeah, it's got it's got everything in this movie, man, and um, very very good horror that I think I I feel like it gets love, but it's not. I don't know that it's talked about in the same vein as like iconic horrors, and it absolutely should be. Um, Hans, I'm going to throw it to you first. Have you seen the thing? Not all of it. So I've seen part of it. Um, <clears throat> I've actually seen, or I've not seen, I've played, there's a video game that came out in 2002 called The Thing. 
That was based on the movie. Um, that's probably the most I've had in terms of um, knowledge of the story. Very, I, I remember the game being it's very Resident Evil type ish with some, you know, with alien. It's definitely a um, vibe. Yeah. It, it's like alien vibes to it. Um, very, very, very good game. I, I, I love the game. I remember playing it a lot when it came out. I just haven't seen them. I didn't see the movie, um, at least all of it. Uh, I know some, you know, I know there's definitely some scenes that's very alien-like where, like, creatures are popping out of people's bellies uh, and just basically taking over humans. It reminds me of a, a, a Stephen King movie, Dreamcatcher, if you've ever seen that, where there's, like, yeah. kind of some um, some Dreamcatcher vibes to it or Dreamcatcher has the thing vibes to it, I guess you could say. Um, just not as much as the isolation part. Uh, that idea, just being alone and something like that existing and and – tracking down and like hunting you almost is is scary and enough for me um i i just i i remember seeing maybe the first half and i don't remember if it was just on tv or i i just someone i was kind of had on the background um i i i don't hear a lot of people talk about it um i think it's kind of in that forgotten realm of um of not just horror movies but i feel like that's another one that's entering like cult status where a lot of people like you, you either have heard of the thing or you, and you love it or you just never heard of it completely. And it's just, you know, um, but I've heard good things about it. And, and from the knowledge that I have of it and the game, I love playing the game. Um, but I mean, the game came out 20 years ago, so I don't know. I definitely need to revisit. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Greg, you gave me crap, uh, about my score of this on my letterbox, uh, recently when you rewatched, um, I guess I just wasn't in the right state of mind. Uh, you know, I, I I remember watching the thing. I might have been too young when I watched it. Just or you know, maybe I was just thinking, you know, and hearing all the positive things and being like, I didn't really vibe with this as much. Um, you're right about Kurt Russell. He definitely rocks it in this movie. Um, another John Carpenter uh, film on this list uh, besides Halloween for you. Um, I think I need to give this another shot. I will say recently uh, this movie was uh, had a little bit of a – it wasn't the movie that had controversy, but it was the re-release of this as an anniversary uh, showing uh, that was shown through Fathom Events um, due to the poor – what was it? The poor audio or the poor visuals, I think, in regards to – I think Probably it was audio. visual. Could yeah, be both. It <laughs> yeah, it might have been both. Um, where I think the sound just – it wasn't uh, – there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk on it on you know the – on Reddit and, uh, you know, throughout, um, social media, just about how poor the presentation was of this, uh, re-release for it. So, um, you know, I, I think they did release, uh, probably a Blu-ray copy, uh, pretty recently as well. So, uh, definitely one, I think I need to rewatch, um, but I'm happy it's on your list. I know how much love you have for it. Um, but yeah, sadly it wouldn't, it wouldn't make mine, uh, three and a half or three stars. I forget what I gave it. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll give it another chance. I'll give it another shot. I'll give. I'll give the thing another shot. Ladies also, don't watch the remake. We got watch the remake. Don't watch the remake. Well, the, uh, the remake is a prequel. Technically, this is a remake because there was a yeah, version in the fifth. Right. Yeah, but, I, yeah. Yeah. Just don't watch the. And he didn't know about it. <laughs> no, he didn't. Got him. Got him again. <laughs> We're zinging hair all over the place. Oh uh, man. Hands. What do you got next for us? All right. 
Uh, this is a movie that I'm pretty sure you guys have probably never heard of. This is a hybrid movie where it's kind of like yeah. similar to Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Uh, this is a movie called Thanks Killing, which came out in 2008. Uh, really quick, have either of you guys heard of this movie? I have uh, seen I did this have movie. You put it on your. You've seen this movie. Perfect. Yeah. We've um, talked about this at lunch, actually. <laughs> okay, this movie is fantastic. Um, it's not your typical horror movie. It's actually, uh, if it's supposed to be a horror movie, it's a very, um, low budget, uh, it's a movie that doesn't take itself seriously, to be honest. Uh, in the vein of Chucky, a serial killer, uh, ends up getting his, (laughs) his, his, uh, soul or consciousness, whatever, uh, transported into the body of a turkey and, um, the turkey (laughs) goes to kill people and, uh, and he, and goes to, you know, uh, all things that Chucky would do if, if Chucky was a turkey. Um, well, hold on, because I think you're underselling this here, and you compared it to, of all things, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Why no, I said just... in the vein of it could be a Thanksgiving movie, okay. but it also okay. could be a horror movie. That's what I meant. I wasn't saying this okay. was up up there well, with Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, let's let's explain, and not to steal your thunder, but let's explain how the turkey is uh, brought or, to life. Or not. Or not. Either way. <laughs> Do you want to take that part? Do you take that part? No, no, no. This is your review. You go for it. I just don't so want you I, to Honestly, I, I don't really remember. That's why I wanted to turn it over to you. <laughs> it's um, a puppet. <laughs> it's not a real turkey. It's not a CG turkey. It's a puppet. Oh, yeah. It's it, Yeah. I mean. You got you to do what you got to do with a, probably the $100 of, uh, of you have for this budget. Um, so you get some you get some POV um, action from the turkey. Uh, there are some scenes that would uh, – I know we talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula and a specific scene with, uh, with Winona Rodgers' friend uh, Lucy uh, in the graveyard. There's a very similar scene with a turkey wearing a human's face um, such, such as that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain this. This is the lowest budget horror movie that you can get, and it is it is – Greg, I hope you can back me up on this. One of the best underrated movies that is out there in terms of budget that you can make for $200. Um, this, is, this is a very bizarre movie. Um, yeah, the, the, at one point the turkey wears a human face that it skins and wears it to a Thanksgiving dinner, and everyone thinks – that it's that person that he's wearing the face and they're not – they think it's not a turkey wearing a human's face. They think it's a human. But it's obviously not. It's, that is that is clearly a turkey. <laughs> it's clearly a turkey with a skin face. But the, oh, the idiots at the Lord. table don't realize it. Um, so yeah, so he terrorizes a bunch of teenagers. Um, it is uh, – it's, it's, it's awesome. It's it's a it's a it's I saw this movie in like early like probably like 2011 2012 and I I probably since then I've watched it like five times. I need to watch it again. It's great. That's a, that's like an annual thing. That's got to be like an annual Thanksgiving movie that I watch. Um just get this out of the way. Harry, have you even seen or heard of this movie? <laughs> Uh no. Uh my my summation of this is uh cool guys. Um were you on the mine or you guys still want to go on about things killing? No, I want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Comedy horror thriller. Right? Yeah. Go for um, it. yeah, so I think I probably saw it around the same time you did. Not with you, but um around the same era. And uh 
Yeah, I mean, it just blew my mind. I was, I saw it with a group of friends. We all had some drinks, and uh, we were absolutely dying laughing at this film. Uh, Hair, totally, totally not a Harry film, but um, but yeah, no, this is uh, this is something. This is like the type of horror movie I would see um, on like the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Um, Maybe, maybe not even. Maybe it's even more obscure than that. But it's definitely a, a D movie. Like we just skipped B and C. And speaking of skipping, they actually made a sequel to this. Uh, Thanks, Killing Three. They just skipped the second one. Never, <laughs> never was never made. You, do you, Do you know what the plot of Thanksgiving uh, Thanks Killing Three is? I do not. A foul mouth villain turkey carves through like uh, I don't want to say that word. Uh, I can't, and they're equally ridiculous <laughs> friends on his quest to recover the last copy of Thanks Killing Two. <laughs> oh, I love it! It's so meta. Um, uh, the reason that Thanksgiving Two, Thanks Killing Two, doesn't exist is because Thanks Killing Three exists, and he's trying to get the last copy of Part Two. Yeah, look, this is utterly silly, and there's uh, lots of blood. It's very raunchy, um, so. If those things uh, float your boat, then by all means, seek out Thanksgiving. You will not be disappointed. Um, if you're not into having fun, then I guess just skip it. And That's your boy. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Thanksgiving, unforgettable. <laughs> if I could boil it down to one word, unforgettable. Unforgettable. Um, for Thanksgiving 2 on the DVD copy and uh, for the pro, for the promotion for Thanksgiving 3, it says, In space, no one can hear you based. <laughs> cool. Love it. Harry, Love what's it. your next movie? <laughs> yeah, moving on uh, quickly and swiftly uh, is my next pick is 2009's Orphan. Um, this stars, uh, Vera Farmiga, Peter Sarsgaard and Isabel Furman. Uh, this is a husband and wife who recently lost their baby, adopt a nine-year-old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she appears. Um, Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard play the parents and Isabel Furman plays Esther, uh, the nine-year-old who is adopted by them. Um, Again, I'm I'm always trying to ride uh, the vibes, and uh, I really didn't have much expectations going into this film. And uh, I wouldn't say this is this one's a little long in the tooth. It's a, it's just about two hours, two hours and three minutes. So for a horror movie, I, th- I feel like it's a tad long, um, but I think it does a good job uh, with uh, the longer length to kind of build the story up a little bit. Um, and you know, Vera Farmiga, our uh, our scream queen. Uh, in a way here, uh, you know, th- this movie, uh, and Isabel Furman's performance really kind of creeps you out, uh, throughout, you know, the, the tagline for this movie was like, what's wrong with Esther. And, you know, right away, something's off with this, with this kid and, and what's the deal. Um, and I won't go into too many spoilers, but, uh, the kid might not be exactly, uh, entirely a kid, um, in regards to, uh, the adoption there. Uh, And uh, it really turns it on its head uh, in the second half and kind of becomes, I don't want to say a slasher film, but kind of, you know, uh, uh, murder, murderous rampage a little bit uh, in a way. Um, So, yeah, 2009's Orphan. uh, I think you guys have both seen it. Uh, Hopefully we'll we'll hear in a minute. Um, But, Pop, I'll throw it to you. Uh, 2009's Orphan. Where where do where do you sit with it? Do you, are you a fan? Are you? It's, it's 
I also will say real quick, I never saw uh, Orphan First Kill, I think, which was the sequel pretty recently, uh, released a couple of years ago, actually, um, which, hey, I mean, glad to get that money, um, but that uh, I did not see that one. So not a, not in on the entire Orphan universe, but 2009 <laughs> Orphan slaps for me. The Orphan um, I've seen universe. Orphan. I, I finally seen a movie on your list, so I've seen Orphan. Um, the twist I unintentionally called out, uh, when I was talking about it and I saw the tagline, I said, what's wrong with Esther? I said, she has a 75 year old person name and, um, Mm. and, uh, yay, I figured it out without figuring it out. There you go. That was her name. That was wrong. Um, so yeah, um, definitely creepy. It moves into like, and I wouldn't say like. And I don't remember too much because the last time I saw it was probably 2009. Um, but I yeah. remember there's definitely creepy vibes to it. It, it, it kind of reminded me of um, – what's that movie with Robin Williams? One Hour Photo where it, it's it's definitely like – it seems like it's a very straightforward kind of like somewhat thriller. But it, it yeah. takes a really dark, twisty kind of move. Yeah. Um, it has and the it, slow burns where it's like, oh, she had an incident with a kid at school or – Oh, she's doing something weird out in the backyard that like yeah. it does seems a little off. You know, the <laughs> she's knitting trope. a she's knitting a sweater while sitting on a uh, uh, a couch full of well, covered in plastic. Yeah, um, she remembers seeing sorry. the Beatles live. You know what I mean? Like yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, like that. <laughs> she's mad. She she saw all the movies that Harry seen pre pre Star Wars. Exactly, bring it all uh, around. She, she I love selling it. kids to get off her lawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. Um, so like I so I I remember being kind of like when when the twist happened I'm like oh all right well cool I was right um, but uh, yeah good 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 performances in it um, Vera Farmiga I think this is like when she started doing horror movies and that's about basically it um, and she's like this works I'm gonna keep doing movies like this and Peter Skarsgård uh, yeah he kind of he's just in this movie I I remember him just kind of being the you know the the victim husband where he's just like kind of like you know being chased around by a 75 year old little person <laughs> young looking person i don't know it was weird yeah true greg i have not actually seen this movie Whoa. Uh, well, spoiler, spoiler spoiler well no 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 i i i remember working when this movie came out and the scuttlebutt being you know the big reveal so um, scuttle, but... yeah it's interesting because i actually i don't know why but anytime i hear orphan i my first thought goes to 2005's hide and seek with robert de niro i don't know why i just get those two like mm. twisted sometimes but um yeah i i've never seen this it it seems to have an interesting premise and i love vera farmiga hey if if you know you want to be a horror queen get that bag queen like you know stay do what you got to do but um but yeah this uh this is intriguing i do remember being surprised when the sequel came out because a lot of these um smaller scale films you know they're they're cheap to make and then they make a killing off of you know a big weekend or two um and then kind of fade away and then a year later all of a sudden we have a sequel so I was surprised that like nothing came of it for like a decade and then a sequel came out. It's like, yeah. oh really? Like why wasn't this two years yeah. after the fact? Bring um, it back. Yeah. So it was just it kinda threw me for a loop there. But yeah. um No, I don't know. I uh I would probably 
go out of my way to check this out now that it's on your list. Yeah, I feel like this would be, uh, you know, maybe like a mid-tier movie for you. But uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say this, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, the The Witch are both on Max. So if you have Max, you'll be able to, to watch either one of those films. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, well, chugging right along, we're going to go to my final pick, and that is 1991's The Silence of the Lambs, directed by Jonathan Demme, starring... Uh, Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. This was nominated for seven Oscars and won five. Uh, it won for best picture, uh, best actor in a leading role, best actress in a leading role, um, best director and best writing for an adapted screenplay. It was also nominated for best sound and best film editing. Um, wow. Again, perfect movie kind of along the lines of jaws i man the chemistry between jodie foster and anthony hopkins just unreal the howard shore score incredible uh mm. which you know we i feel like he Preach. doesn't get talked enough about as a uh amazing top tier um composer but yeah howard shore incredible um the tension, the the mystery, the race to um, find Buffalo Bill, and also um, the the game of wits constantly being played with Hannibal, um, and it always seems like he's two steps ahead mentally. It's just, uh, man, it's a wild movie and so entertaining, and absolutely stands the test of time. Um, Tak Fujimoto. Uh, very famous DP uh, or cinematographer, whichever you prefer. He did this film. Um, uh, just great directing and editing. I mean, like I can't find a flaw with it. <laughs> and, you know, I will, I will occasionally find little things to nitpick, but this movie, I just, I'm absolutely in love. And uh, I, I make it a point to revisit this every couple years because it is um, amazing. Even have the the criterion for it. Um, Silence of the Lambs. I'm sure you guys have seen this, but uh, Harold, let's start with you. Have you? Yeah, I thoughts? think this is. I think this has been on a couple of our other lists as well, maybe. Um, but yeah, this is this is almost like the perfect movie. I mean, you guys talked about you know what scares you, or you know Chris has got the laundry list of reasons why he won't do X, Y, or Z anymore. Um, this movie for me is definitely something where. I think this is some of the most terrifying things, you know, whether it be the Buffalo Bill part or um, Hannibal Lecter, you know, of just like there's people out here like this. Uh, Those things, I think, stick a little bit more with me um, than, you know, the the masked murderer who comes into your town or, you know, the doll that's possessed. Uh, So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's the last uh, film also to win the big five in the Oscars as far as best actor, actress, uh, movie, screenplay, director. And director. Um, so yeah, and it's it's worth all the plot. It's uh, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a must watch uh, for anything for any film you know fan out there. Um, and it leans on that horror element. It leans on the thriller, the mystery, uh, the intrigue. Uh, like you said, the score absolutely slaps. Um, a lot of good things with this movie. Can't recommend it more um, than I already am. So yeah, hands. 
I have only seen this movie once, and it was probably about, this was maybe about, like, within the past seven to ten years. Um, Knowing what I did, I thought knowing Anthony Hopkins was only in this movie for 16 minutes and still won a Best Actor Award is phenomenal. Uh, He eats up every amount of second that he has on on screen. Jodie Foster's great in this. Um, I... I, I it's funny now that I when I watch this movie I I now get the if you have never seen Joe Dirt with David Spade there is a <laughs> Buffalo Bob reference in that which is great and uh I, you know it's a, a nice little running joke through that movie um yeah this is a uh, it's I feel like there's a lot of a lot of movies like even like I think like some of the scary movies may have like spoofed it and like it's such a culturally like recognized movie where. A lot of like movies about serial killers like started like ripped off like I wouldn't say rip off but use that as, um, you know just some like just to get some ideas and used it as just something to build on and and that's the first movie I can at least I that I saw where you do get legit chills through it just this hearing a character talk and you know Hannibal Lecter is one of the probably most famous movie villains um, of all time if you were to do a top. 20 list he's yeah, on there sure. um and he eats up everything he does uh but literally there, there's, literally. A, there's a lot yeah there's a lot of tenseness um going through like some of the sequels like Hannibal and Red Dragon uh, I even think those are great um but I mean it starts with Silence of the Lambs there's a movie before this Mindhunter or not Mindhunter um Manhunter can I what is it Manhunter 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 yeah. Man um which Red I haven't Dragon seen is a I, remake of it Okay. All right. I thought they were. Yeah. I thought Red Dragon was like so, a prequel. Prequel, prequel. Well, yeah. So, Manhunter and Red Dragon were prequels. Manhunter yeah. was a made-for-TV movie, and Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter. Oh, okay. And they right, remade right. it. It was in the eighties, and then they remade it as a feature film in two thousand whatever. And that was Red Jordan. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, which I love Red Dragon. Uh, no, I, this is a, a, a I, this is another one I, you don't really think about and classify it as horror. But there's definitely psychological horror elements to it because it's 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 a very it's a it's it is a, a terrifying thought that these people walk walk with us on the streets like you don't I don't know one of you guys could end up being like Hannibal Lecter like Harry could could be like a like a Hannibal you got it brother <laughs> so uh, I will say just one real quick on on top of this man like one of the things that makes Hannibal such an incredible villain and and chilling character isn't just i mean the, the charisma the riz uh if you will that hopkins displays incredible um and you know again the mental chest that that he does with uh uh jody foster back and forth but um there is a cool collected calmness um and his eyes it very much predatorial like you can you can see things you know there's something sinister lurking beneath the surface with this guy and one of my favorite scenes is towards the end of the movie when uh, right before he makes his escape um he was in a jail cell he breaks free and he's got some classical music playing in the background he's got blood all over his mouth from having just eaten one of the guards faces off and then listens to a moment of the music and then starts savagely beating the other guard with a nightstick 
um, very methodically to the beat of the music, almost as though he were a conductor. And it's just, it's so, it's beautifully shot um, and edited, but also uh, just really belies the this devil of a human. Um, oh man, just so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. yes that was well so you know it's it's funny because you talk about cultural impact and stuff like that and everybody um you know everybody knows when austin powers hit that was the thing and people were imitating that and the same thing with borat and it was the same thing with this like that uh, you know yeah ate the liver with uh 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 some fava beans and a nice chianti and doing that noise like that was a thing for a while everybody was doing that so yeah it was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, sure. All right. Well, that winds down my list. Uh, Hans, what do you got for your final pick? Last one I have, we're just going to revisit the M. Night Shyamalan, uh, The Sixth Sense. Um, not, another one I didn't necessarily like, would think I would classify and put it in under split as horror. There aren't a lot of, aren't a lot of like jump scares. This isn't your typical horror. It's definitely psychological. Um, you know, Bruce Willis plays a psychiatrist who's helping Haley Joe Osmond with some, some issues that he have that he has and he sees dead people. Um, with that, you get some some you do get some pretty wild jump scares. Even the beginning of the movie, you get Donnie Osborne or Donnie Osmond, not Donnie. Huh. Wait, who no, not no, Donnie Wahlberg. Whoops, sorry. It was Donnie Wahlberg. A Donnie. Donnie Osmond. <laughs> it's someone Donatello. named Donnie. Donatello. <laughs> um Donnie uh Donnie and Marie. Uh, he like even he's like a, a former a former client um of Bruce Willis's. He basically breaks in his house and I, that going back to like some of the stuff in the house that that is something that terrifies me. Where you walk in the house and someone's there already waiting for you. Um, you know it gets to and and I can't you really can't spoil this movie already because everyone knows that the ending of it. Um, you know once you I, I, the one thing with the replay of this movie the, the rewatchability with this is. That once you watch and figure out the ending of, you know, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time and he's a ghost and Helly Joe Osmond's the only one communicating with him. When you watch some of the scenes, I think that's where you get the real terror or like the real thrill to it. When you see that like Bruce Willis and how lonely his character is and how he's not really interacting with anything. And you even see like the characters that are still kind of holding on to Bruce Willis and, and you just kind of see that, that just just very quiet times that they have like the quiet moments and it just seems like kind of, it seems really it, it's more of a of a not scary as i'm like like as a jump scare it's more in your head scary where you're like okay this is the thought of this being like if if, if you know we don't know i don't want to get too psychological or philosophical here like could we all be walking ghosts i don't know we don't know that but it's just the fact that like if you're walking walking around and you're a ghost and no one knows that you're even existing and you don't even know what you are. I think that's just a very horrifying thought. Um, I hope I'm not a ghost. I hope none of us are ghosts. Um, but I hey, if we're all, then we're all ghosts together. We're all ghosts together. There you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, it does have one or two like really big jump scares in this. Uh, thanks to Misha Barton. That's our third OC reference of whoop, the, whoop. of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think you get the, the main, once you know the whole story, I think the main horror really comes from the rewatchability when you watch it like a second or third time. But, um, uh, M. Night is probably his second best movie behind Unbreakable. Um, uh, probably his most famous, but 
yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I hope you guys, both of you guys have seen this movie. You had to have seen this movie. Uh, Harry, you want to take it first or you want me to? Yeah, I've never seen this movie. Um, this was spoiled for me when I was 11. Um, Dude, you're lying. <laughs> not lying to you, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. This movie was spoiled for me when I was young, so I've never seen it. Um, kind of one of those moments in 99, again, kind of like we talked about with Blair Witch, where you know the internet wasn't a huge thing, so it was just word of mouth of, hey, you know, hey, have you seen... Uh, you know, have you seen the sixth sense? Have you seen it? You know, do you know what happens? All that stuff. And, uh, yeah, somebody said, yeah, I've seen it. It wasn't that great. He was dead at the end. Um, so yeah. So yeah, no, this one probably will never be on my, uh, ever watch list, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll see it at some point, but yeah, no. Uh, well, that's a shame. Cause it is a really solid yeah. movie, even with the twist out there. Um, my personal anecdote was with this was I remember going to see it at Franklin Mills with uh, my mom and my younger sister. I would have been 15. My younger sister would have been 12. And it was my younger sister, then my mom, and then me. So I wasn't privy to conversations that were being had. But apparently halfway through the movie, my 12-year-old younger sister turns to my mom and goes, you know, he's dead, right? Uh, because she had heard it on the schoolyard and boy my mom wanted to murder her (laughs) um still gets brought up on occasion to this day Uh, yeah uh was was not happy with that revelation uh thankfully i was spared because i was too busy focused on the movie and like i said the the goings-on were on the other side of me but um but yeah, I would have been absolutely livid if uh, that had been spoiled for me. Um, to the movie itself, yeah, just a really, really solid. Um, it does have some very creepy moments. And like you said, I think um, even though the twist might be gone on subsequent rewatches, being able to pick up on all those clues throughout the story is uh, is very interesting. And um this I was never like a huge Bruce Willis guy. Like I never got into the Die Hard movies, which is really what he was known for. That and Moonlighting, and I, I was too young for Moonlighting um, when it was on TV. So like, I only knew him as like an action guy and one that I hadn't seen much of. So I had like one idea in my mind, but seeing him in The Sixth Sense change that perception and then i think still to this day i think my favorite role of his and one of his best is in unbreakable which we mentioned before just so understated in that and very different from what you usually see but um but yeah sixth sense was really the the start of that path and of him you know kind of branching out and playing a different type of role and um i just i i have nothing but love for this movie so Good pick. All right, Hair. Well, why don't you close us out? What's your final pick? Yeah, so my final pick was actually an honorable mention earlier, um, and that is 1996's Wes Craven's Scream, uh, which you could watch. So a year after her mother, uh, the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a mass killer who targets her and her friends by using scary movies as part of a deadly game. Um, I didn't watch Scream until recently. Um, I think it was either, excuse me, Scream... 
six or seven, whichever one uh, recently came out, but then there was another one, uh, the New York one. Um, and I was getting prep- prepared for it. And so I wanted to watch the original. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than, uh, you know, I, I graduated high school 10 years after Scream came out. Um, so it wasn't exactly my era, but I remember 1996 pretty well, uh, or the time of it with, with not having cell phones, um, you know, and the whole, you know, as Chris mentioned earlier, the Drew Barrymore part where, you know, you think she's going to kind of be the lead in the movie. And then all of a sudden she's killed right off the, right off the rip, um, you know, as a familiar face. Um, and it's just so smart, so clever, so well written, um, such great direction, so fun. Um, such a night, such a great take, uh, you know, and it kind of flips the horror, uh, genre and tropes on its head a little bit with it. Um, this movie is probably a perfect horror movie for me. Um, I would highly recommend it if you've never seen Scream. Um, even if you're a younger person, you know, maybe have somebody explain to you what life was like back then and why, you know, the phone would ring and you would pick it up and, you know, that's the only way that you can communicate with people. Um, so yeah, just a, a lot of love for Scream. Uh, you know, the other ones afterwards have been, you know, hit or miss. I'm a big fan of Scream too, And, um, you know, something we don't talk about a lot. Well, actually I talk about a lot, but, um, you know, we just don't do movies on, on big sets anymore or, you know, filmed outside. Um, and just watching Scream and Scream 2 and just seeing them, uh, you know, Scream 1 particularly where, you know, there's shots of the school and, you know, the houses. Um, and just having them be well lived in or well designed uh, is just such a treat. So uh, highly, highly recommend Scream. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it is it is worth uh, a viewing. So Hans, I know you spoke about it as your honorable mention. So uh, Papa, I'll throw it over to you uh, for some for some words on Scream. Yeah, so I, I kind of gave my thoughts um, when Hans brought it up. But you make a really good point about location. Uh, shooting as well as set shooting because um while there are still sets it's not sets that generic warehouse one yeah exactly it's you know blue screen and blue rocks and all that stuff and it really similar to like practical effects it's very much like i don't want to say a lost art but probably a dying art um and it is very it's like a breath of fresh air when you go back and watch movies like this and you see beautiful locations or again, grandiose sets. Um, so I, uh, I do appreciate that. And I, I hadn't thought of that with, with scream, but yeah, totally apropos. Um, yeah, uh, it really, it, it turned the genre on its head because they're, you had the big three franchises in um, the eighties with uh, Halloween Friday, the 13th and um, nightmare on Elm street. By the time the nineties rolled around, they were still churning those out, but they were all very much waning. And then the slashers just died altogether for a couple years. And um, Wes really took um, maybe like one of the first, really truly meta approaches to a movie and being self-referential yeah. where it's like hey these are the rules of a scary movie like he 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 totally was ahead of his time with this and kind of turned that concept on its head while still being true to the genre and um you know regardless of how i feel about 
later entries in the franchise and maybe how that concept in and of itself is overplayed and they need to find some other angle to really do this yeah. again but um but man the magic of that first one is is just uh strong as hell and and the way that it innovated um truly commendable so yeah, yeah. that's my thoughts on screen. shout out shout out nev campbell make sure you pay her for the next one so she's in it yeah so. amen bring her back yeah. man bring her back um okay well that's uh that rounds out our fave five horror movies the return uh thank you guys so much for staying with us hands anything for the peeps no, thanks for sticking with us with uh, our, our our part two of our horror movies. Um, anything, uh, if you want to speak to my therapist, I give you his number and to see you know any other any other issues that I'm having from horror movies from from past. Uh, you know, I if I I might need I might need a uh, someone to talk to after this after this episode. I think there's more issues than uh, I realized. Yeah, stay tuned for our next episode, which is uh, <laughs> films we were held down and forced to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Morbius for the peeps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh no, thanks so much for listening. Uh for those keeping track, it was uh five uh 80s movies films for Greg <laughs> this time around. So uh glad we, we well, got hold those. On. How many nineties for hands? Uh it was four. It was four. Okay. Um I was gonna get to him. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks um with some more fun content. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoy the, the spooky, the rest of the spooky season, do something fun, get out to a party, celebrate with friends, go trick or treating with, uh, your loved ones. Um, you know, it's a fun holiday for some, not for me, uh, but maybe one day. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, that does it for us folks. Thank you so much for tuning in as always, uh, be well, stay safe. Uh, love you guys. Enjoy spooky season. Enjoy the weather. And, uh, hey, you know what? Make sure you always live spicy.